I get like this text from my cousin, and my cousin's gone, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I've gone, what? what? I've gone, what? I've gone, yo, Kevin, nah. they've just said that is. I was like, wipe your eyes, don't let anyone know you, you know. You know see, yeah. my mum's told me, so it's not official. Yeah. So obviously we've gone there now, like I remember opening the doors and just my heart just felt a bit, oh, just felt weird. Yeah. We've opened the doors and we've gone to my dad's bed, but, the but he's still alive. alive. And I'm just thinking, I've gone, what? what? I've gone, what? Talk about miscommunication. Hi everyone, my name is Inharad George Carey and you're listening to Daddy Issues, a podcast dedicated to confronting fatherlessness, but more specifically, fatherlessness in successful people. I want this podcast to prove that regardless of whatever daddy issues you may possess, you can achieve anything you put your mind to. Fatherlessness affects so very many of us and so it's time to start listening to each other's stories and opening up this topic as one that needs to be recognised, heard and confronted. In today's episode, I am talking not only to one, but to two guests, Kevin and Carl Bonsu, otherwise known as the Flag Twins. Signed by Premier Models only this year, so 2019, they've already, at the ripe old age of 20, managed not only to model for the likes of Diesel Jeans, North Face, featuring in editorials such as Vogue, GQ, Hunger, but have also gone one step further, creative directing and artistically contributing for the likes of Elise G-Star and Yi Lee Studios. When Carl isn't being a banker and Kevin isn't being an international fashion student, they spend their time creating content for their magazine Mission Statement, a magazine dedicated to documenting raw, important stories for a creative audience. What I found most inspirational when I met these boys is that at such a young age, they're using their new and exciting platform to actually make what difference they can. Carl and Kevin, welcome to Daddy Issues and thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for that amazing introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, I introduce myself first, so I'm Carl. And I introduce myself second, although I'm the first twin, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> How many minutes? Um, oh, I'll let you guess. Oh, okay. Hmm. I'll let you guess. All right. I'm going to say, okay, maybe two and a half. Ooh, ooh. That's quite close. That's Is actually it? the closest, yeah, we've, the closest we've ever got. It? So it's one minute, yeah. One it's, it's one minute. Yes, Do you know what's so part. annoying? <laughs> Go for one it. minute came into my head and I was just really? like, <laughs> I was just like, that's too obvious. You know when like, nah. it's, it was too cliche to say like one minute. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, oh my God, mum's a C, well, we're a C, well, we're a C-section, so mum literally got, you know, sliced yeah. up, one out, Perfect. one out, and then yeah, literally <laughs> a minute. <laughs> so, sliced yeah. open. Oh, the joys of childbirth. I know. <laughs> um, I know right. But I actually want to say how we met because that was amazing. Wow. So let me give you a bit of information to how the twins met the lovely Anne Harrod. <laughs> so funny enough, um, I think we're just coming from, what was it, Selfridges? Yeah, we were from Selfridges. Yes, we'll literally come from Selfridges and just what, oddly we just said to ourselves, let's actually just go walk down this way. Um, and obviously we came across the Leica mm -hmm. uh, pop-up shop that they're having an event, Beauty BC. And Harrod. And um, from there, we literally just hit off. What's crazy, especially, is just to know, like, even after we even met, like, how much we had it in common that we didn't even know yeah, when we yeah, met. Yeah, yeah, Like, I think that's what really, like, blew my mind, to be honest. When you did mention you had the podcast, as in, 
just my creative senses just went tingling. I said, you know what? Because the first issue that we're doing with the magazine, um, the um, theme is called Two or More. So this is basically where we sort of celebrate collaboration in, you know, various different ways. So for yourself anyways, being an actor, well, an actress, and obviously now, um, you know, having a podcast, we feel like that's just two or more entities that you're using for yourself. With these sort of events, you know, so we go to quite a few events and you, you tend to sort of, you know, you meet somebody, it's like, hey, how you doing? You just, the one occasional DM and then it's like, it's gone. It's but then gone. when I saw, because I think it's just, the level of interest that you show, because obviously for me personally, I put myself in your shoes and that's the same exact thing I would have done. Mm-hmm. So I appreciated it coming on from somebody who would do the same thing that I did. I knew already we were like-minded. And I just saw the brief, I was like, oh my days. Like one, I've never heard anything of the sort. Mm-hmm. Two, it was just the subject was just so compelling and it was just so, I, I was just literally so mindful and I just had to give you a call because I didn't think words would have described what, you know, mm-hmm. I had to tell you to be honest, like, because mm-hmm. I literally, again, like Kev said, like, my creative sentences were tingling because I was like, mm-hmm. this is something that we can work on and it would just be so amazing to just see how it turns into just a simple idea into the beauty which I know this is going to become, you know? Yeah. For sure, for sure. Aww. This topic as a whole, anyways, is just such a... I think it's such a stigmatised topic and just to see how open you are about yeah. this sort of topic and mm. how people, you know, of the sort are trying to contribute to this was just flabbergasting to me. That's what I think was just, you know, mind-rocketing. And also I just feel like, um, you know, this is just such a niche opportunity because I feel like, well, for us anyways, both me and Carlon, um, I just feel like we've, been, we've just discussed it between ourselves this sort of issue and I feel like it's also good that now there's this platform such as Daddy Issues I've always wanted to speak on the issue just as to act as um, just an ambassador as an ambassador yes as an ambassador Ambassador. and actors and just tell a story of two young boys who lost their father really early on a really pivotal moment because you know um, just we lost our father when we was 15 um, going on to 16 Mm -hmm. at a time as well where there's GCSEs where you're becoming a boy to a man per se. And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of questions that you ask that you'd love to get from a male role model, that that male role model being your father. And now um, I'm not dismissing that we had, um, you know, male you know role models such as uncles and whatnot, but I just feel like it's different when it's your father because mm-hmm. your father is the, per- well, I mean, for me anyways, I was literally so close to my father and Carlin could probably say the same mm. well he like, probably yeah can... I'll be so real with you like I'm a very big mummy's boy mm-hmm. I'm such a mummy's <laughs> boy like I'm the sort of person to like hug onto my mum's like leg when I'm like you know <laughs> mad ill go up to now, her room like, even now yes yeah, yo <laughs> like even my mum is like five, five foot three like yeah. and I'm like six foot and you know like you just got this big monster of myself, like just hugging onto my little mum, like oh when I'm God, ill or anything, that's like so you know. know and Kevin was so close to my dad, you know, yeah. just obviously because again, Kevin was just like he spit an image to be fair. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. I think Kevin Even was, the temper, the temper, yeah, the he's, got his temper. Like, he's got his temper. He's got like <laughs> everything is just Kevin is dad, and I think yeah. especially just yeah. sort of going from Kevin's point, I think because not to say that we didn't have any role models such as our uncles and stuff, but because our dad was the direct link to how we would essentially live our life, essentially. Yeah. For sure. I feel as if when you have like, a, you know, your father or, it's just like a female, for example, like for a female, well, I don't know how this works. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but with a girl, you always look at your mother and look at her life and sort of think of what will I, you know, how can I follow off in mum's footsteps? You mm-hmm. know, because she's still there. She can still give you the story. Whereas yeah. because my dad died at such a young age, I've not been able to finish the story off. Totally. So now yeah. we're writing the story for ourselves. Yeah. Because my for dad sure. was meant to be 
the one guidance saying, right, boys, this is what you should do at yeah, 20. Yeah. This is what I, because, you know, my dad was to her, you know, after he, he died, so, yeah, I feel like all the stories that came out about my dad, about how influential he was, you know, yeah. how, you know, he, he was contributing to people's life. It's so crazy to know that was my dad. Yeah. And I feel as if like, there's his, still stories that, you know, I sort of want to ask him. There's still yes. things I want to ask him. Yeah. Is that curiosity? As in, I'm just going to have to just guess myself. But yeah. I'm, I'm an individual who doesn't like guessing. I love to get the facts right. Yeah. But I feel like in this case, anyways, the only thing that I can do now with the stories that I hear about my father is just, you know, guess and just sort of pic- picture my own sort of reality yeah. of what it could have been. Yeah. The stories that people tell me. And what does it feel like when people tell you those stories? I'll be honest with you. Um, I literally found out a story about my father literally about last week. Again, like a fresh story. Because um, obviously my father was, um, well... He was firstly in the military as a um, officer in the navy, but um, you know, um, as he had a, um, a family, when obviously we came out of our mum's belly and my little sister did, um, <laughs> he just decided to be more at home. So he decided to become a cab driver because you know it's, it was more sort of um, convenient for him. He didn't have to go out on tours a lot. So um, yeah, I mean, people still tell me about the stories that he used to just sort of drop them like regularly, and he was just such a you know a sweetheart and a kind-hearted person. Also, I think the most interesting story that I've heard about him, I mean, so far anyways, is um, he apparently used to bring over kids to the UK who didn't have, like, no papers, literally. Really? And, and when he passed away, as in, some of them are really successful, like from doc- doctors and whatnot. Um, where, as in, where did they come from? Somewhere in Europe, I'm not too, I'm, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't even remember the country, but as in, I just remember he used to literally say to the government that, these are his children. Oh, wow. And he used to bring them over. Like a little Schindler. Like, yeah, like a little like, Schindler's um, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But what's list. that? Um, is it Schindler's list? Or is it Pied Piper? What did that lead to? Pied Piper. You're probably singing songs now, literally. How <laughs> 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 Schindler's list is... Um, yeah, so it's with, the, German, yeah, the German person the Ger- who basically, yeah. like, again, sort yeah, of documented yeah, yeah. people as workers in order to get them out of Nazi Germany. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so... That sort of humanitarian act, well, obviously, that my I thought, you know, my father did for me, just shows how much he cared about people. Yeah, and I think that sort of resonates in our personalities too. Yeah. And it's not even like it's so indirect because, again, like up until this moment now, I didn't even know these stories existed. Yeah. yeah. So when looking at it in hindsight, I think, oh, now That's this is why I've got I'm like this. That makes my sense. My dad is like this. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm so talking. My dad. It's was like a, yeah, know. learning. So you you guys hearing stories about your dad is kind of like helping you know who you are. Yes. It's helping you understand why you are the way. Yes. you Yes, and it's yes. confirming a lot of things for me. We are writing our own story whilst taking influences from you know yes. family members, friends, just anyone. I can see yeah. someone on the street and just you know take influence from them because it's like I don't know I might just like the way they're doing something that mm. I might not particularly have done yeah and again we're not sort of scared to stoop down you know yeah we're not, yeah as in we don't think we're too good for anybody and I feel yeah. like that sort of learning process and just you know always being hungry to sort of you know attain new experiences yeah. is what really makes us like, yeah. who we are yeah you I know? think as well like just even sort of going on touching on the you know when my dad died I think society raised us after that to be honest yeah I feel as if up until the time that my dad was alive, it was so sheltered because, you know, I had my mum, I had my dad. It was yeah. just stable family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this family unit was tight. Like, you yeah. know, both our families were Nuclear family. Like, yeah, just yeah. your traditional <laughs> nuclear family. <laughs> 21st century. Like, I did rocking. sociology, so I know the terminology. You know, yeah. like, so, like, and I think after my dad died, like, the people I looked to the most were the people who raised me, which was the streets. You know, I come from Peckham, so... For those of you that don't know, Peckham's in South East London, you know, mm. and it's gone through its phase. You know, Peckham used to be one of the worst areas in London at one point, you know, like, no. especially when we were growing up, like, but now, you know, 
especially you know it's coming on up at the moment and just looking at sort of my life plan and how we've been sort of brought up and so forth i feel as if like society and just the inspirations that we took from everywhere we went were literally the reasons why we are what we are today essentially and just going on from what carlon said um yeah i completely agree um i also feel like um you know just after my father passed away i feel like Growing up in the area that I'm in, there's either, you know, two pathways you can choose. Like, you can either choose to just be, not a low life per se, but you can actually just choose to just go down the wrong route. Mm-hmm. And it's just so easy, especially how we lost, you know, my pops at a young age. It was so easy just to go the other way and not really do a lot of yourself. But I feel like, you know, we've never ever wanted to conform and we've never ever wanted to sort of, you know, prove people right. Mm-hmm. So we've always wanted to just do something completely different, even if it meant yeah. that, you know, people look at us weird. But just, you know, yeah. I feel like success was, it was never a thing that we sort of doubted ourselves in, in yeah, doing. We, th- we just had to become successful I because think, yeah. it wasn't the status quo at the time. And was that before, did you have that drive in you before your dad took? I think we've always wanted to be successful, but we never knew how we were going to be successful. Yes, we've right. always, so, you know, like, you know, we didn't essentially come from like, you know, like the richest of families, but my mother always made us feel as if we had everything. Yeah. So growing up, I would always be like, I can't wait till I get that car and I'm going to give it to mum and... I would always say I'm going to get it, but I didn't know how, how? I would get it. Yeah. I didn't know, you know, like, I didn't know what to do or, because I just think it's just the education behind it. Yeah, totally. So like, the places I'm at now. And also what you're seeing and how you're experiencing exactly. life. Like, yeah. you know, so most of the stuff that we do now, for example, so like, let's say if we take the city, for example, my mum never ever like used to take me like, you know, and that's obviously no fault of her, her own, but like, you know, we just never went to these sort of places or yeah. nothing was ever shown to us. So mm-hmm. essentially for me and Kevin, it was more or less like a quest. Yeah, like I always saw. Big quest. It's weird, but I see life like GTA. Big quest. I see life like GTA and a, a little like it's like a treasure hunt life for me. So I feel as if every day and every year we always look to unlock a new stage in our life, whether yeah. it be a new location, new people that we talk to, like yourself, for mm-hmm. example. Yeah. Like you know, what we do is we're on a quest to find out, you know, the the, the pot of gold. This way, the success part comes in, and it goes yeah. back to what I was saying before about going down two avenues. Mm-hmm. You can either go, you know, the left avenue, which you know. It's downhill, it's, it's not easy. doing yeah, easy, so easy and not doing nothing with yourself and just, you know, just living up to, you know, expectations and st- the status quo, which is, you know, young black youth just doing nothing or just doing the wrong things, yeah. you know? And I said to myself, I've got to go the other route. Yeah. And of course, it's going to be more hard work, but I feel like that's the most exciting part. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, the hard yeah. work is the, the most exciting. The challenge. Yeah. Like, I'll be so honest with Girls, you. Girls, like, with girls, <laughs> work. <laughs> I just love me a challenge. Like, if there's no challenge to it, then it's like, you know, what am I really doing here? Yeah. Applications. What's the reward? Oh, yeah. What Carlin said, I'm taking applications, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But I think as well. So, like, I'll just. So, I remember, like, when I was, you know, in college, for example, and I used to have, like, a Tuesday off. Like, just going back to Kevin's point, I miss, like, yeah. obviously, I'm still, like, grinding and hustling now, but I miss the initial hustle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I miss when I used to dress no. up in a suit. Yeah. Like on my off day, so this is me, 17 years old, like on my off day, what I used to do was I used to print off 100 CVs. Cause I think, just to obviously give you background on the story, I've always essentially wanted to, I think the thing I've always wanted to work hard for was being a banker. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only thing that's actually, I've gone, I'm gonna put my mind to it. Stuff like fashion. Why banking at Vintage? So put it this way, so this is, oh man, this goes back to the, this goes to the stroke. Yes, yes, right. yes. Right, so. Hang me, on, ooh, hang on, I've just thought. Yeah, let's go actually. Because this is how. Because then we need to get then to your dad. Obviously. Yeah, of course. Let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's go. Oh, this will get yeah. Right. So, just to give you a bit of context, so obviously my 
father passed away when we were sort of um yeah 15 16 um we obviously went to school in southeast london um so i think around about sort of year 11 getting to the end of school i was kicked out of school um unfortunately yeah i got into a little bit of a situation um and you know like i got myself kicked out of school like two yeah. for my, my exams you were you know? being naughty or was it like um no well, work? long story short I'll be, like, I'll, I'll be so honest with you i think we're just it's just more sort of misunderstanding yeah, it was misunderstanding. yeah. i feel like you know yeah. um well from young anyways our energy it's been yeah it's, it's been sometimes been yeah, misunderstood some, yeah some people don't really well at the time anyways and i feel like this is another sort of issue is um being someone with such immersed energy and just you know such a, a big aesthetic i don't feel like at the time people encourage us to sort of place that somewhere so for example yeah. if you know say you've got a big personality why don't you put these guys in acting why don't you put these guys somewhere yeah, where they're you know solution. where they're yeah, um, yeah. you know their talent or just their natural being can flourish yeah and you know again you know there's no fault of anyone else's but people just didn't understand our energy didn't and the intentions yeah. we had yeah. so and you didn't know where to put it of course i yeah. don't know where to put it and obviously nobody, yeah. i don't you know dismiss nobody because sometimes i'll be on interviews like especially being young and you know not really mature at the time it was sometimes become too full-on and i did understand it mm. well now looking at it in hindsight anyways i do understand why people may have thought oh these guys are you know destructive or whatnot but my whole point being is that you know my energy well our energy has always been you know sometimes seen as you know not too much but you know misunderstood for being yeah. you know destructive and whatnot yeah. and going back to the whole sort of father thing as well it was just like you know again you know, you always want that sort of, you know, male sort of guidance, especially being a boy. So you don't really understand, you know, because my, my father would probably, I mean, I'm not dismissing my mother neither, but it's more say, I'll look up to my father to tell me, you know, okay, Pops, what can I do? Like, you know, what can I do in this sort of situation? And you always want a male sort of approach mm -hmm. because you maybe think that sometimes, you know, my mum's being- a bit not sheltering. Yeah, a bit sheltering or maybe just a bit biased on her son's account. So she wouldn't yeah. really give me, you know, the, in, the information that not only that I wanted to hear but I needed to hear we weren't bad kids like yeah. we just weren't bad like we were generally good cool. we were generally cool good vibe kids but I just feel as if the education sector at this point in our lives anyway had just completely misunderstood us yeah like for example like I wanted to even at this point like I wanted to better my career my life so I applied to Eton yeah I applied oh to my Eton God, amazing. yeah but um I wanted to go under the King scholarship so the things with me was I think after my dad died, like I'd always, but it's always been instilled in me. I'd always want to go the, the step, step above. Step so above. for me, it was always like, ah, oh, if I'm going anywhere, let me go to Eton, for example. Let me apply for Eton. Yeah. Or let me go and I'd always do. How old were you when you did that then? Uh, 16. So this is like, right. we're 16 now. Yeah. So this is applying for college. And um, at the time, my school, so I applied to go under the King's Scholarship, which is you need to get an A in drama, you need to get an A in English. Yeah. So for me personally, being... You know, for me, Eton is a whole different world away from me. Yeah. But the only way in which I thought at the time, anyways, that I can actually get in there was through something that I knew that I could potentially get, which is the A in English and the A in, um, you know, drama. But unfortunately, my school at the time just didn't think I was capable enough. So they all predicted me C's. I think I even got ah. predicted D's. Yeah, but, but in... got predicted, yeah. So after my father died, they literally predicted us C's and D's at yeah. school. Oh, wow. Now, this is the flip and the funny side. Yeah. I managed to get the A in English at the end. I got an A in drama. In the end, so I could have went to oh. Eton. So this is what I mean by misunderstood because yeah. we were so misunderstood as the fact that school didn't even believe we could attain those grades. Right. Yeah. So that was a point where I felt as if the education system had blocked my my aspirations because yeah. they didn't want to put me in a better position. Yeah. Yeah. Like they didn't me, believe in you. They didn't believe me because me personally, like if a kid from Southeast London is telling you he dreams to go to Eton, yeah, you guys should not be capping him. You guys should be trying to empower him to ensure that you know he has the right resources and the right tools 
So yeah. for me personally, if you guys thought I was going to get the C, why can you guys pull me to the side and be like, Carlon, if you really want to go to E tonight, we need to work if you can do, you know, yeah. do all that yeah. ah stuff, you know? But the thing for me is, because, you know, they were essentially like, you know, like, capping at us, I said to myself, do you know what? I have to go and get this myself. So I think yeah. that was the first way in which we managed to beat the mm. odds correctly. Yeah. Was when we got Eaton, those, yeah, was when the, we got those grades. grades. Got grades because yeah. nobody expected us to get A's. So at the end, I got four A's, two B's and four C's. Oh, wow. So I got the A's in English history, which I really, really love. Yeah. I love history. I love history. Loves yeah. drama. Love history. I mean, you're, then again, you're all the same yeah. love subjects. As yeah, well. like we love the, exactly. We love the history. The the dramas. English was a, the most. I'm so surprised to go on A in English. Like, yeah. I think because my I, teacher, I, I'm not surprised. Shouts Mr. Smith though, because Mr. Smith made English accessible. Mr. Smith. Mr. Like, Smith. I'll tell you what was so good about Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith broke down English in a way that I didn't even know it could be broken down. English to me was like a MacBook, brand new, fresh. Oh my days, how do I use this? What's the command button do? What was the, you know? Whereas Mr. Smith made a MacBook look like a HP. Yeah. He basically broke it down, but still made, made cool. English look cool and sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Let's just begin. Um, well, now, so, you know, we're 15. Mm. This is about 2014. Now, my father had previously been diagnosed with prostate cancer. Now, um, you know, for those who don't know what prostate cancer is, it's like, you know, a general sort of, um, you know, cancer that most males can potentially get. Um, but yeah, I mean, in comparison to, um, you know, the other cancers and, you know, eventually the cancer that he had in the end, it was a minor. But uh, my dad was really sort of closed off, as in we didn't really know that he had prostate cancer until my mother actually found a letter. Oh, wow. Yeah. Literally. And Not so obviously, letter. you know, um, he then sort of, you know, briefed us and obviously told us, you know, I remember his prostate face. cancer. I remember his face. Like, it's so funny. Like, just even when you said that, I just remembered his face when my mum, like, looked at the letter and his face was just like a, was yeah. like a, oh, man. Like, I don't want a confrontation. Like, yeah, like, I don't want to confrontate. Like, it's like, um, oh, and it's what Kevin does. Like, it's yeah. like, <laughs> looks around looks and what's around. like, and it's just like a, he wants to get onto you, but he can't because he knows he's in the wrong. wrong. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but just going on from that anyway. So, you know, he had the prostate cancer. And um, I remember that summer um, when he was taking a treatment, um, you know, my brother, my little sister and my mum, I was supposed to go as well, but they went to France. Yeah, but France. being as close as I am to my pops, I, I said, no, I'm not going. And they didn't believe me until the actual day. Bearing in mind, everything was paid for until the actual day when I literally didn't go. My dad was the most laid back, chilled out person yeah. ever meet. So yeah. for Kevin, he had a way better time than we did in France. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you're by yourself with dad, this he's guy, you like, I'm pretty sure every day. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Nando's, like, let me do anything you want. <laughs> like, probably, I think for that whole week, it was McDonald's. I mean, he would go obviously go to the appointment and call me after the appointment, meet me at McDonald's. Literally. What would you get? What was his like? Do you meal? know what? His go to meal. Big what? Mac. It was a big I Mac. dare to correct you. It was a six nugget meal <laughs> with chips oh, and an yeah, orange tropicana. Yeah, yeah. Please, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't no, know that's him. That's my mum. My mum is a big Mac. Woman. Yeah. yeah. Confused. Mummy's a big Mac. And that's literally why I get the um, you know the six nugget meal all the time now. And it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah. And it's cheaper. <laughs> Two pounds. Go to behind the counter and ask them for the savers meal. Yeah. Literally. Do you get the same meal now? Because it's like. Oh, I mean, yeah. I used to copy my pops. Literally. So yeah. if you got that, I'll get the same. But just. I'm more a fizzy guy, so I get the, you know, um, Fanta. the Fanta. Not Instead the, of the propaganda. Yeah, he, that's just so boring. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, so back to that. It was, um, you know, so we had the prostate cancer and, um, you know, finally after about, what, five months or what, not like he got cleared of the prostate cancer. So, you know, mm -hmm. we're making some progression and, you know, things were good. 
But now, about two months after that, now he got cleared. He went to the hospital. He got admitted to the hospital. So this is like around April 2014. So, so he got admitted yeah. to April 2014. But I thought that it was just, you know, like, um, because he was asthmatic as well. So he, like, he's always been hospital in and out. Like, we just mm-hmm. didn't think it was a thing. We just thought, uh, it's just, you know, he was staying in hospital just to get a checkup and just, you know, go. And we thought this was routine because he had literally just been cleared of prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. So now, um, cool. So we're in the hospital now and a doctor comes over. Now, in the room is myself, uh, my little sister, my mum and my father. Bear in mind this time, like, I was in, like, my bath. But yeah. I'll tell you what, like, just, yeah. just remember I was in the bar. <laughs> yeah, then, cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, so um, the doctor, now the doctor's obviously coming and obviously, you know, um, he had the clipboard or whatnot, like reading from my, my father's notes. So um, he literally just said, yep, yeah, so you know, you've got the um, the lung cancer and what? What? So he was like, what? Lung cancer? And literally again, this is where it come back to the confrontation as and my dad yeah. was just Good looking about like, anyone. so obviously, you know, we asked the, you know, the doctor, can we have a minute sort of thing? And, you know, we just asked my pops, like, when, since when did you have this? Like, lung cancer. And, and I'd be so honest with you, as in, when you just hear the word cancer, it's just so condemning. Yeah. And I've had, you know, family members in the past who have had cancer as well. Maybe not lung cancer, but I had an uncle, you know, rest up, Uncle Terence, who had yeah. um, liver cancer. But just, we just know when you hear cancer, it's just so condemning. Yeah. And just, you know, I just thought to myself, Whoa, like. So this is when I was in the bath. So basically, I get a call yeah, in, the bath. in the bath. I love a bath, by yeah, the way. Yeah, may oh, I, 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 may I just add I for the podcast? That's a bit Carlon lavender. Loves a bath. I love like, a bath. He can have about three baths in a day. Three baths a day. Yeah, I love a bath. But yeah. yeah, like I was itching the bath, and then I get this call, and I've gone, oh, what's going on? Like, bearing in mind it was all dark and whatnot. Like, it was cool. I get the thingy, and then I just get a call from Kev's cameras. Going, I was like, what's up? He's like, Carl, you need to get down to the hospital now. Yeah. Going, what, what, what's up? What's up? What's up? He's like, bro, you know they just told dad he's got lung cancer. I was like, what? Yeah. And literally. all of a sudden, like, I just, my mind, like, I just realized, that's when my, I don't know why, but all of a sudden, I just realized it was dark. Like, it just, I just got into that different sort of mode. Like, I yeah. felt different. I was like, what? Like, like, then I realized it was dark now. I was a bit scared because I was bad in, my, you know, in the house by myself. Like, yeah. It just the whole view changed. <laughs> just everything, yeah. yeah. Everything changed. I was like, what? Yeah. Like, my senses were real now. Like, I was like, I need to get But again, and, I just feel know, like, run. you know, with the situation, you know, my father not telling us, he was just an individual. He didn't he didn't want anybody to worry, worry yeah. about him. Yeah. He just wanted to make sure that he was worrying about others. Are you good? I mean, after the yeah. after the doctor told us, he was asking us, are you guys okay? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And then just later on within the evening, they told my father he had 24 hours to live. Yeah. Literally, they told him he had 24 hours to live. And it was just like... Oh my god! So my, my, I mean, my father obviously, you know, he took me and my twin brother into the room, and yeah. you know, he just said, "Listen, you know, said I'm gonna... you, you've heard what those guys have said. I just wanted to let you guys know, you know, bearing in mind he was healthy, he wasn't, you know, ill or whatnot. Like, so mm. I was a bit confused. But he I'm seemed gonna, normal, yeah, normal. Like, but he just said, you know, you heard what they said. Just look after your mum. <laughs> you know, don't be giving your mum no trouble. You know, like you guys are good boys. Just you know, stay that way for me. It was like a just... good bye, but I was like, yeah. this is not feel real, like yeah. because yeah. one, he looks okay. Yeah. Two, the doctors just said he's got. 24, 24 hours, hours to live. Like, I was like, what? what? Oh I'm not even God. taking this in. I'm just yeah. thinking, yeah. I'm going to probably see him tomorrow. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is- but now, so so obviously going on from that, it was the next day. I mean, I woke up as normal. I didn't really think anything yeah. of it. I'd be sorry mm-hmm. I just didn't really take the doctor in. But um, yeah, I went to, the, I, was, yeah, like- I went to you know, my father the next day and he was perfectly okay, literally. Like, and he was like, this is the first time I saw him, <laughs> sort of, sort of saw him um, 
cry but yeah. laugh at the same time because mm-hmm. i remember you know we had family members obviously come in and you know he was laughing but crying at the same time saying they said i had 24 hours to live you know like but i'm still here yeah but he was obviously laughing but crying at the situation oh, but, yeah first time i see my yeah. dad cry and um but obviously Mad. it was he didn't cry and uh, oh i'm sad he was crying as in like he was just so happy that yeah, he just no, had yeah, beat, beat told me yeah they told me i'm gonna die like sometimes you're gonna die tomorrow and then tomorrow comes you're still alive yeah, like, yeah. like my Whoa. god just a funny joke don't do yeah, that again yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? don't do that That's again yeah. Stop yeah, it, yeah man you know but so just obviously from that point now so this is like april so fast forward now to like sort of august because obviously that time that like, everything was cool yeah mm. but august was when he was starting to deteriorate a bit more because yeah. obviously but it was so like it wasn't visible yeah so obviously he was admitted to hospital like the week before the day so the week before he died he was admitted to hospital because yeah. he had started hallucinating so he'd thought he saw like a, a doctor give him birth like, yeah, he just like, said, yeah. I can see a doctor giving birth right now. There's two people. A doctor giving birth? Yeah, he said, like, there's a doctor right next to me and she's giving birth. No one, oh, wow, no okay. One next to him, like. So I feel yeah, like it was yeah. the medication as well. Yeah, yeah, medication. It was the medication. Yeah, medication and, like, and um, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, it was sometimes, even when I made him, like, tea and I, you know, put it there, he still asked me, like, where's the tea? I go, Pops, it's just right it's there. Right yeah, here, yeah. So yeah. you can understand that, you yeah, know, but, but obviously to. I was understanding obviously yeah. you know like i didn't think nothing of it i just thought you know medication is the treatment whatnot cool. but what was that feeling like for you to see him deteriorate like this do you know what it as in i'll be so i'll be certain yeah, to you i just didn't see my pops any different yeah. Yeah. like this whole process didn't i didn't sort of feel sorry for him or nothing i just saw him as oh man this guy, this, this guy this guy's gonna because this guy is you know well my pops anyways he's obviously been in and out of hospital just you know different reasons year, yeah, yeah like, so, so it wasn't I'll be honest with you I didn't even see it as anything I didn't even take it so seriously I yeah. just thought you know what like a prostate cancer is gonna get over and he's gonna be so I wasn't you know concerned but yeah that's what Carlin said you know it's an August time bearing in mind you know April they said he has 24 hours to live yeah what, so we survived from April to yeah, August to yeah. August yeah so um that you know week of his passing um you know starting to deteriorate but he was still okay now the day he passed away. Now this is when I've got to tell the story from the day. So the yeah. day yes. he passed away. So this is the seventh of August, mm-hmm. two thousand fourteen. Two thousand fourteen. So it's round about like eight o'clock. Like I've literally woken up and I've seen like ten missed calls from my mum. I'm thinking, what? Why is mum giving me like ten missed calls? Bearing in mind, we still think she's, you know, because we've not seen it in the yeah. morning. I mean, thought she's gone to work. Mm-hmm. So just to give you a bit of background to what actually happened, so mum got a call at like. 12 in the morning like in the morning 12 o'clock in the morning 1 o'clock in the morning saying your husband's not breathing you need to come down to the hospital right now but we didn't know this but we didn't know this right. but the thing is my so my mum's sister and her husband were in Germany at the time so she was literally at the bus stop crying because there was no one to so she called my auntie and uncle we're getting married tomorrow yeah. we're getting married tomorrow so she called them and um, they literally wait, she was literally waiting at the bus stop just bawling her eyes out because they said he's not breathing he needs to come down she had no one to call so she called them guys and they took her there and obviously they said to her, this might be his last day. So that's why she was trying to get a hold of me to come down to yeah. hospital. Yeah, cool. But um, So I didn't think much of it at all. And then I get a call from my uncle and aunt, so Auntie Vicky and Uncle Eric. So they're, they're the ones that are in Germany at the moment. Mm-hmm. And they're saying to me, Carlon, like, you need to get to hospital right now. Yeah, But, but I've just... gone, what? Like, why are these guys, t- they're in Germany. Why are they telling me, me to go to the hospital? Had yeah. you not thought, like... I didn't think anything of it. Oh, wow, okay. So can, just... I just, can I also just add, it was a thing where, um, you know, like I mentioned, I thought my mum had just gone to work. Yeah, and it was a thing where I thought she was just calling me just to, to say, us, "Oh, yeah. just go to your dad later on in the day because because it becomes so normal." Yeah, that, yeah. I've just thought I was so honestly, I was literally gonna you know sit down, watch a bit of TV, you know, and then say, "Okay, cool, I'll get ready in a bit," and then yeah, yeah. Cool. So obviously, Uncle's done that now, and I've gone, "What's going on? What's going on?" 
So then that's happened now. And then like five minutes after, I get like this text from my cousin. And my cousin's gone, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I've gone, what? Oh my God. I've gone, what? I've gone, yo, Kevin. Nah. They've just said, dad, is, that, dad, Kevin is just gone. No, he's screaming. No, but no, but you know, you know what? Nah, he's crying. You know? I'm just like, they're just, I'm not even, bear in mind this time, I'm not even crying. Like, yeah. Shock. I'm just like, what? Yeah, but you know, Kevin's like looking at a picture of my dad no, just no, bawling no, no, out. No, like, no, as in, you know what? As in, like, see, with that, now hear this. It was a thing where um, I was just, I just looked at, well, I wasn't crying at that time, well, yet, anyways, but it was more say, I was looking at the pictures, just thinking, wait, how? Like, like how? Yeah. Just like how? So um, cool. So we've literally gone. Yeah. So I've gone. Me, Kevin, my sister have gone. Do you know, you know what? Let's just get ready and go. I was like, wipe your eyes. Don't let anyone know you. You know. You know. See, yeah. my mum's not told me, so it's not official. Yeah. yeah. So obviously we've gone there now. Like I remember opening the doors and just my heart just felt a bit. Oh, I just felt weird. Yeah. We've opened the doors and we've gone to my dad's bed, but, the guy's but still he's still alive. alive. And I'm just thinking. I've gone what? <laughs> I've gone what? Talk about miscommunication. <laughs> But my man is alive and I've gone, what? What's like, does someone literally just get my heart racing like that? Like, again, another stupid joke, you know? And then obviously, but the difference with him this time was like, he was just like, not talking, not talking, not responding. So my uncle's taking me to the side and gone like, boys, like today might be the the end game. The end game, yeah. Cause yeah, he just was in a bad way. As in, in, I don't know, it was as if like, he was like, at that time, like special needed. Like it was like, when we came in, my mum was like to, you know, my pops, you're, like, your children are here, as if like he didn't know, but you know, as if he didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, your children crazy. are here, but it was just so- You were so disorientated. This was a Thursday. Yeah. This is, bear in mind, this is Thursday. Monday, I was with him for six hours. And this guy just was Just by afraid. ourselves. Like, Chatting. Just, just me and, just me even, and my dad. Kevin even, wasn't here. even the day before, like the day before he passed, yeah. he was talking he was to us, he was yeah. responsive. So just to see the massive change the next and day, it was like, what yeah. is this like? Do you know what I mean? I was yeah. thinking, yeah. what is this like? So, um, you know, the whole day now, um, you know, family members will start to come. You even got baptised as well. You yeah. got baptised. Yeah. yeah, literally. Baptized. The lo- yeah. Oh, did baptized. he that day? Yeah. He was and like, he wants to get baptised. Yeah. yeah. My dad and, was um, really religious. Too. Yes, but he wasn't, mm. again, he wasn't responsive, but literally there was a time that myself and my twin brother had literally gone out, you know, to get um some food, yeah, get some food. Leave. But within the time that, you know, we went out to go and get food, apparently he started talking to my auntie. He was literally coming down from Germany. They live in the UK, oh, but wow. they're on yeah, holiday they're all in Germany. They were like, yeah, we were in Germany. She was like, he was talking to them. Like, oh, Vicky. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, so, like, what? yeah, so everyone obviously started to build some hope and say, okay, cool. It's a miracle. He's starting, he's starting to get better. We can go home now and literally, you know, come back later on in the evening. Yeah. Okay, cool. cool. So now, all that's happened now, and this is like five o'clock now. Cool. Mm. So five o'clock now, it's me, we're all, we're, you know, all my family members are all in this room. Cause obviously they'd move them now into like his own room. Private, private, private room. room. Mm-hmm. So I think they must've known that he's gonna die. Yeah. So cool. So it's five o'clock now. My dad's gone to me, oh, Carlon, do you mind going home to get my inhaler? I was like, yeah, I'll go get home to go and get your inhaler. Also, my mum hadn't got changed. What else was like, mama, I'll bring you some clothes and mm. all that stuff. Mm. Cool. So now, obviously, this was obviously my dad basically trying to say goodbye to me. He didn't want to, you know, allow yeah. him to die. He was even telling, you know, my mum like, and my sister, I'll oh, go to the shop or something. So you can tell he was trying to get everyone out of the room. And this goes back so to he, being yeah. the person my dad was. He didn't want nobody stressing yeah. over him. Oh, Let me just yeah. die. And then you guys come back and just see me like, yeah. sort of thing, you know? And yeah. So I remember ask, so it was me, Kevin and Hayden, my cousin. And we were literally going, to, going back home and whatnot. And then I get a call from my mum's phone. Yeah. But it's not my mum, it's my aunt, and she's gone, boys, turn turn back, like, come back, like, come back. And then I'm on the phone, and then Kevin's like, who's that, who's that? I was like, 
I sort of knew what was going on, but I just didn't want to say it. Yeah, so I was like, Kevin, no, it's nothing, man, it's nothing. And then my cousin said to us, let's go back, let's go back. He was like, don't, I remember this, he said, don't do something you're going to regret. Because Hayden's dad had died when he was 11. Right. Yeah. So he so had he experience. He yeah. That's my cousin. Like, he knows experience. Like, full yeah. on, like, what is going to happen? You know? So I was like, no, nah, no, nah, like, we're going to go home and get his meds. And fun enough, my dad's best mate was at the house. Where? At the front door. At the front, the front door. Because wow. my dad, the day he died, he was meant to be discharged. Yeah. He was meant to come home. Right. So everyone was thinking, oh, is he not home yet? Yeah. So I've gone, right, Uncle, I'm literally going to get myself changed and we'll go to the hospital. So obviously, now we're going to the hospital now. And obviously, the blinds are shut, though. Yeah, the blinds mm. are shut. I've literally opened the door to but, literally see, but it's budged. Like, but it's in, budged. Yeah, loads of people in the room. People in the room. So, so um, I push the door right, and this room is literally filled with people. So I can't even see my dad. At I this can't point. see. Yeah, and then all I can just see is my mum literally across, like right there, crying, and then my dad literally just flat, flat, like. And flat. I'm looking at it, and I've just literally run over, like trying to shake my dad, like what, what, wake, wake up, wake up. Yeah. And this is yeah. when, well, this is Kevin speaking now, but as in like Carlin, you know, like he just mentioned, literally just went over to the body and was just, you know, like dad, like wake up, wake up, and just literally start punching the wall. But for me at this point, anyways, it was just still surreal. So I didn't even cry, nothing. Like I was just literally looking at people, like literally just looking right. at people. Right. And yeah. I think I also went to the visitation room with yeah, so more family members. Yeah. Mm. And obviously that's, that's when, when my, that's when my auntie asked me, you know, do you guys have you guys heard? And because yeah, so everyone give me hugs. But at this point, I was still not crying. I was crying a bit. Like I think when everyone started giving me hugs, I was like, ah, oh, that's when I started to yeah. I started yeah. to cry. I'll be honest with you, I cried, man. So like, um, you know, obviously um, we've all gone back to that. Yeah. So at this point now, my auntie and my uncle, obviously with their two kids, um, they've literally gone like, yeah, we're coming back to London now. Yeah, coming, coming back now. So they've literally done the drive from five o'clock to come back to London. Mm. So obviously, bear in mind, we've left the hospital now and they said, come back tomorrow to go and see the Chapel of Rest. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like everyone streams, comes, everyone's everyone come. Like a good 200 people come to my house. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, but oh, wow. one thing I will never forget was when my auntie came, my mum's sister. So my aunt, Vicky, three in the morning. Three in the morning. I can literally just, obviously these, I can't sleep because obviously it's in my mind, my yeah. dad's dead like. Yeah. But I, I close my eyes and I just see his face. So I'm like, no, yeah, I can't sleep, I can't, can't sleep. sleep. But yeah, yeah, I can just hear sleep. this loud wail of a cry from like outside of like, mom. At 3 a.m. in the morning. Three, I'm just scared. I'm like, and can I just add, this is literally the moment I was just about to sleep. Right. Like I was watching, I had to watch Family Guy Good on my phone. On. Yeah, like, Family Just guy. to just put me to bed. Like, you know when you watch like a movie or whatnot? Yeah, and yeah. So you just naturally start, yeah, just switch you off. I was literally just starting to go to bed at 3 a.m. in the morning. And like Carla mentioned, I just hear this well of a cry. Like, oh, like wow. a, and I literally, on, we had some family members stay over. So I just said to my auntie, my auntie, can you go downstairs and get the, yeah, I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, yeah, get the door. I was just thinking of ghosts. Oh, wow. I was yeah. just thinking of ghosts. Yeah, yeah really? Yeah, literally. And I'm just like, like death nah, like yeah, death, in. it just come yeah. in. And, just, yeah. and so, it was my mom's sister. Yeah. And I was like, oh my days. Like when, you know, when you, Say for example, like you've got a guest list and you know there's two people that don't like each other. And you're just <laughs> waiting for them to like link up with each other. You don't, you know? I was waiting for my mum to look at my aunt, like, yeah. just to see what, and I just remember like the cry. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, from I both mean of them. my mum literally, she was, I remember when my auntie came to the house, she obviously, you know, she was crying or whatnot, but my mum literally, tears were coming down her eyes, but she was literally making no sound. Yeah, mum made no sound. Like wow. she made no sound whatsoever. Just, you can just see the tears at her eyes. Yeah. Made everyone around her was just, you know mad emotional, but she was literally just silent as yeah. anything. I mean, this probably sounds wow. so sad, but as much as I love my dad, I didn't cry for my dad. Yeah. I cried, cried for my mum. Yeah, like Honestly. I felt so sorry for her, like woman, because yeah. it was like she's left here with 
Like we were all young. Yeah. We were 15, Natalie was 12. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I was like, oh my day, she's by herself with yeah. two, three little kids. Like, yeah. I feel so sorry yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. So and now this is when- And I was about to say, so this, so now after your, so your dad obviously, like when he died, how do you think that affected you as two young men at the time where like, you are becoming from boy to man? I think for me personally, like, I just wanted to keep it as much as I wanted to, business as usual. Yeah. Although there was no business at the time or yeah. anything going on, it was just BAU. My mum was like to us, so we went to cadets, for example. Like, my mum said to me, oh, no, don't, don't go to cadets, like the Monday. So yeah. Thursday, I was like, no, mum, I'm going to cadets on Monday. Yeah, yeah. Cadets. Like, it was still like, I wasn't trying to, you yeah. know, like shelter myself. Yeah. It was like, no, I'm still going to cadets or yeah. I'm yeah. doing what I'm doing. But also earlier when we were talking off like record, mm-hmm. <laughs> now on record, <laughs> but you were saying how like before your dad died, mm. you would always like make excuses, wanting to find excuse to leave. Yes. Now, yeah. I mean, with school, you know, any young person can probably corroborate the story, but it's that sometimes, oh, do I want to go to school? You know, I literally just wing anything. So if I literally just, you know, minorly sprain my ankle, I just make it the biggest thing so I can just go home. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yeah. But I, mean, I used to pretend like genuinely, I, I think I used to psychosomatically get a temperature <laughs> because I'd like, yeah, I'd, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd so desperately want to be ill that know, I'd, I'd like make myself ill. Miss fill my head. Like, please, can, yeah, can you feel how hot it is? Yeah, I just quit. And it was a thing where, you know, like, this was literally the most perfect excuse. My dad, dad, I don't want to come to school. And literally family had advised me not to go to school in until January. Bearing in mind, we literally had GCSEs that year. But um, I don't know why, but you know, for the first time ever, I had the perfect reason not to go to school, but I literally just still went to school because I felt to myself, if I had sort of, you know, bottled myself up and just, you know, felt sorry for myself, I'd probably just, you know, put myself in this sort of depression mode and just, you know, it was just, yeah, I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to do that for myself. So I thought to myself, if I could just, you know, be around normal people, it would just sort of somehow take my mind off stuff. Mm -hmm. And again, it just goes back to the whole sort of, you know, um, back to the point of not wanting people to worry for me. So Mm -hmm. I felt like if I had not gone to school, people would always take it upon themselves to worry about me. And that's something I just, well, that I didn't want for myself, nor do I want for my twin brother, because I thought to myself that it just put us in in an advantage sort of point for the wrong reasons. But also, do you think it was like, now that, so maybe also a point of it was that I think I've heard you guys say before, but like that thing of like wanting to make your dad proud, even though he's not here. Put it this way. So I think this really fits into the point of when we became men. So I think when my dad died, it's so sad and I'm sure some people go through this, but like my dad's family were just not there. Yeah. So now, for example, I don't talk to anyone from my dad's family. Like I don't, it's like, when he died, like they literally died with him. Like it was like yeah. no one ever came to come and check up on us, or no one called my mum to say, "Baby, how are you? Can I take the kids for the weekend?" And get you know, yes, no one did that. Yeah, so no did unfortunately, that. now I don't talk to anyone in my dad's family. Like it's just literally my mum's. Because I'd be so honest with you, as in when, and I'm pretty sure most families will understand. But you know, when um, because obviously my parents are not from the same country, so there's a lot of culture clash sometimes. Anyways, not too much, but as in. With the whole funeral preparation, there's a lot of people trying to put input. Uh-huh. A lot coming from my dad's side as well. But they won't bring in but any yeah, sort of... In, yeah, they won't bring in no sort of finances to back up their chat, whatnot. Yeah. So again, it was just sort of, you know, ironic how they had the most to say for the funeral, but yeah, after the but funeral, just they were non-existent. Yeah. And I think especially the reason why that made us men was because we learned not to depend on anyone, anyone. but ourselves. Yeah. And I yeah. think with that in itself, it's like, Kevin is my brother. He's not... 
not just my brother, that's my twin. We're in turn, we're connected. Yeah. yeah. If he died with three kids and a wife, those three kids are my kids. His wife is my wife. Yeah. So for me, I just couldn't understand and I couldn't comprehend how you could still be okay with the fact that your brother's kid is, you know, your that your brother's family is no, you know, about I don't know how they yeah. could. So for me, that's why I was a bit annoyed because I don't know how you guys could do that. Yeah. If my bro- or even like Hillary, for example, like Hillary to me is as good as my family. Yeah. If she had kids and she passed away, those are my kids. I'm looking after you. Yeah. Like, so yeah. for me, Hang I on, just, who's Hillary again? Sorry. Hillary's our director of fashion at Mr. Statement. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, you know, it's so funny how we've, you know, but I think yeah. it's just crazy how, for me, they just didn't respond. And, yeah. yeah. But with that, with like, because I remember when we first met, we had dinner, mm. and you were, we were saying how, like, the pinnacle part for from yes. for a man is like, boy to man, yes. is that age that your dad literally just mm. passed it's away? So crazy. And like, for a woman, it's like, I mean, obviously for girls, it's really difficult also to shape yeah, their identity. And yeah. with the women, there's the menstrual cycle. Yeah, literally just about to, <laughs> that's literally what I was literally just about to say. Like, I mean, just obviously following on from our dinner conversation. Now, the difference between boys and females is literally, you know, females have that womanhood sort of transition when they have their menstrual cycle. And yeah. for some girls, it's literally as early as 11, 12. Yeah. So, you know, going through that anyways, you feel like you've made that transition. Yeah. Whereas for boys, we don't have that no, sort exactly. of menstrual cycle. So there's no sort of, you know... There's no actual, boy to man. Yes, yeah. transition. There's yeah. no correct age. age Unless you have someone shaping and showing you that. Of course. And I just feel like, you know, again, being 15 to 16, it was literally a pivotal moment where my demands are starting to increase as, mm-hmm. you know, as a boy, as a man, whatever you want to call it, in terms of, you know, money. I'm starting to like new things now. So money yeah. is starting to increase in terms of what I like. Um for example, you know, girls and stuff like as you know, as in my head is that like starting to turn for girls and you know understand relationships and it's just you know, again and just you know since that simple well not simple but complex sort of issues regarding sort of you know, like sex and all that sort of stuff is something I'd share with my father, not necessarily my mother, mm-hmm. and again sort of you know being inclined to opening up to her sort of thing and using her as that male sort of bigger piece Mm -hmm. was really not difficult, but I would love to say difficult at a time because it's like, am I really going to start talking to my mum about, you know, girls and sex and just... And now looking at it back in hindsight, that was probably the most... the best thing I could have ever done. And I think I must say, I just have to give it... Was to... To my mom, dis- yeah. discuss with my mum these yeah. things that I would normally tell my father. Yeah. I think for me, I'm just, I just have to give that to my mum. I'm just so yeah. proud yeah. of how she just dealt the situation. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because I don't, I'm not gonna, like, there's certain, like, and I mean, it's not like it's, again, going back to the nuclear family sort of thing, like, in my family, it was more or less like, the man is meant to tell the, the, the boys what to do. Yeah. The female woman is meant to tell the girl how to act. So yeah. for her, she literally just had to jump out of that nuclear family hat yeah. and jump into a... Both roles. Yeah, I've got to play daddy and mum here. Yeah. But we didn't see that because for yeah. us, a dad is the physical presence of the male. Yeah. It's not, you know, so this is when we talked about again, like about our conversation where it's okay for, you know, same sex couples to have kids or yeah, yeah. regardless of what, because they can play each role. And so for me, I'm starting to yeah. understand how my mum did that and how yeah. much it meant to us yeah. because yeah. I feel as if my mum taught me how to respect females. Yeah. My dad would have been like, oh, like, so put it this way, like, for example, if we talk about, like, girls or just sex, for example, my dad would tell me how to, you know, go about it in a very laddie way. Oh, yeah. do this and da-da-da. Whereas my mum is much more like, oh, you guys should be nice women. Like, you Teaching be, you about women. Yes. You know, yeah. as in, as opposed to just yes. looking at me as, like, an, something, like, you know, completely as an object or, you yeah. know, like, how lads think sometimes. Because, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, 
we don't mean to do it sometimes but it's like you know it's so easy for men to obviously just you know look at women as just a figure piece well, mm -hmm. not a figure piece but just as a piece mm -hmm. so i feel like my mum just sort of brought that sort of you know um feminine sort of you know respect you know respective sort of approach which yeah. i really commend her for as opposed to you know like talking about you know females in a laddish way which you know it's natural, you know, but I feel mm -hmm. like my mum, you know, really hit it back to home with the, you know, responsibility, the respect. And again, I wouldn't, you know, go any other way about it. Mm. And yeah. just obviously going back to our, you know, previous point, you know, being at the age that we were, it was a pivotal moment, you know, just trying to understand who you are, you know, what sort of man are you going to become? Mm. And I feel like if we didn't have our mum there, it wouldn't have been the same upbringing as, you know, we'd have liked it to be. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so, and it's so important to also remember the mums. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, 100%. Like, and it's like, it's there was this thing I was watching where basically it was talking about why it is like the father figure that gets so much attention to like yeah. um, how a family works or how you as a person become, yeah. like how you identify with yourself. And actually there was this point raised in it that is um, quite interesting whereby obviously not everyone or all mums are amazing mums, yeah, yeah. but in general, yeah. There, we can generalize, I think, with mums more so. For sure. But with your mum, you kind of know that she loves you. You yeah, know yeah, you that know, she's yeah. there. You just think... know that. As, yeah. as, but you know that she's she like unconditionally set to love you. Yeah. Whereas like with the father, there is that detachment yeah. and so there's more of like really, you need just to doing it because yeah. he has to like. you need you need to like prove yourself to yeah. like mm. show him that you are like worthy of them yeah. as their 100%. do you know what i mean no, i completely agree and that's why i think the whole father figure and then the lack of creates such this kind of why fathers are so you know um central and so sentimental in this sort of aspect anyways is because they bring about the authority like, as in the authority and i think what they do as well is they avoid you from excuse my french but fucking up essentially like, yeah. yeah like they're the reasons why you would not do that that do it's that. like for example like oh i can have this drink but i'm gonna be a bit out of control and that having that power figure will be basically like no i'm not gonna do that because yeah. if i cross that line then yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but i mean now looking at in hindsight i just feel like they could potentially have been a clash. Growing up, I just feel like males naturally have big egos. Maybe not big egos per se, but we just have an ego. And I feel like, you know, growing up and just a being- A societal sort of, ego. Yes, a societal <laughs> ego. And I just feel like if my father was still alive, we would have definitely clashed on so many different occasions because it's like, you know, he may have sometimes wanted to uh, restrict me from certain stuff, but I may have just been like, you know, no, I want to do this. And again, there'll just be this clash. Mm. So I'm just so happy that I may have avoided that. This goes well to the next chapter because this is when we talk about me being a wanted to bail a bank. Mm. The reason uh, yes. why, the reason, now, the reason why like, I feel as if it's because for me, the creative industries was nothing, something that I believed I could never get into just yeah. because it was just never advertised. It was never like, no one ever showed me how to get into a creative industry. No one taught me how to yeah. get into the I whole. Thought models, I thought models were literally just, you have you have to be a celebrity or i didn't understand how they came up i just thought oh a model is just a model because they you know have like a rich parent or they have yeah. like yeah, um, yeah. a model which parent or case. yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course which is a bonus but um you know but i think yeah so like i remember going you know sixth form i used to like dress up in a suit and you know print off my cv and give them to a hundred companies i didn't care what company it was as long as the office looked nice it was in like one of the districts i yeah, did not yeah, mind yeah. you know and like I think because I was so hungry and I so wanted it so bad, like that was the only thing I could think about. Banking, 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 like nothing else. Yeah. And then this is when the stroke happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Tell so, us about yeah, that because so, that is a 
fake like, story. Damn. So like two years, like, two years after my dad's died, like and um, actually no, probably a year and a, a bit. Year and a bit. A year and a bit. Yeah, a year and a bit. Not two years per, exactly, but a year and a bit. Mm. Um, yeah. I literally like one day I woke up and I just was not really feeling the best. Like felt mad ill. Um, but I was like, nah, do you know what? I'm just gonna jump in the, the bath. As I love. <laughs> Another like lavender bath. My favorite place. And I'm just like, you know, I'm gonna like chill. Okay, and... just to add, I think we're a bit more basic. We don't have lavender, unfortunately, but we probably have, you know, just a bit of bubble bubbles. Bath. Bubbles. Yes, yeah, a bit of bubbles. Bubbles. <laughs> excluding the duck. You should get some nice little lavender I oil should, I'm I telling should, you, it I makes should. a world of difference. Yeah, just everyone, if Anne Harry doesn't get us the lavender, you know from now, I'm just saying. <laughs> and um, yeah, like, I mean, I just wasn't feeling the best. Um, you know, like I got myself changed and whatnot. Um, and then I remember just leaving the house, but I just felt a bit disorientated and stuff. Got on the train now. And um, as I, my end destination was, um, what's it called, was London Bridge. Because obviously now at this time is when I went to, six, I went to a private school. Oh, yeah. So the only school that would take me was a private all boys school. So this is a big change because one, it's all the way in Surrey. Two, yeah. it's an all boys school. Like I went to a mixed school. Like this is the first time I'm around boys like so much testosterone <laughs> were you there as well Kevin? no Kevin no. wasn't there no. I went to a different Kevin to a different a, yeah. school Kevin to, um, the school well the school that my twin brother went to in Pearly although it was a nice school I wasn't about to go to that school because they didn't have the combination of subjects that I wanted to do Right. so I wasn't going to force it and say ah oh, I'm going to have to go to this school because you know they do they you know their reputation and is so me, yeah, high. Yeah, going there was because of my dad dying because I thought to myself, I need to just rebrand myself. I need something different. Mm. Right. So, so I mean, it gave you a little like gave me yeah, it gave me some motivation to just get out the area and just go into a different and that was one of the best decisions yeah. I ever made. But because before you just go into the, your story about the stroke, I feel like it was very, very necessary for us to go into two different environments. Only because identity. Yes. Identity, identity and also I feel like being the people that we are if you know my twin, you know me. So it just allowed us to expand our pool of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. That's such yeah. a And I point. think just because of... Our, what a bonus for being a twin. What a bonus. You can be at two places at once. Do you know what I mean? And I think at this point particularly is because now I'm beginning to see how life could look on the other side. Like, you know when the grass is greener? Like, the grass here was bloody green. Like, it, was it was luscious. It was Wimbledon green. Like <laughs> Because, like, you know, I'm around people whose dads are, like, directors of companies and... You know, like I'm just around this sort, and I'm thinking, oh my days, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, mom, drive, mom drives the jag. To mom to drives school. the jag to school. Like, bearing in mind, I've been around people. <laughs> you know, like I'm around. So, just culture-wise, like you know, like you just tend to have like in the new school I was at, like it tended to be like middle class, upper class. Mm. You know, white males majority anyways like, right yeah like you could literally pick out like the amount of like black students that were in my ear yeah yeah I was, like, in your hands the, or something. in your hands yeah, yeah. Like, like i remember right. the first day i got there first day i got there what? i was like mum it's such because it's such a traditional school you know i said mum by the time i leave like you know i had the boards of the house captains the, yeah, yeah. The with everyone in the little with everyone I said to my mum, before I leave, I'm going to get onto that board. And I got myself on that board. I'll show you a picture Boom. after, yeah. But like, I said to mum- As what? As captain? As a house captain, yeah. So nice. I was like, house captain, I'm more- Yeah, I said, and at that school, if you go back there now and ask for Carl and Bonsu, everyone will tell you who I am. Like, everyone. Yeah. Like, by the time I left, I'd made such an impact. Mm. Yeah, just yeah, go yeah. But, yeah, but the reason why this is- and, Sorry, actually going back to the father thing, yeah. do you think that's like, so after your dad, and then we need to get to your stroke story because yeah, actually yeah, we've been yeah, wanting yeah, to get yeah, there yeah, the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But do you think that's because like, and I hear this a lot with doing this podcast because I am interviewing people who've become sort of successful even though of these very obvious kind of hardships that come with 
hardships is that the right word but like struggles yeah, but, and identity yeah. things that come with basically losing your dad and suddenly mm. being in this lost or not having a dad do you think because that losing your dad essentially if, if i may say this but like propelled you honestly into some sort of it, it, darling i'll be honest with you it sounds so bad but my father passing was probably the best thing that's ever happened to me i like, was gonna say that and i thought i can't sounds, say that like no, is that, was that so the best crazy, thing yeah. so crazy. because i feel like it made me just want it more it made me want it more yeah. it made me have a reason to actually go that 10 times harder yeah, yeah. and again just i don't know if it makes the story more interesting mm. that was just such a low blow it was such a disadvantage but we just flipped the script yeah it's like put it this way like i basically got kicked in the nuts and i was laughing as opposed to crying basically yeah, yeah. Literally. like you know like it's like someone kicked me in the nuts and i'm laughing like yeah. <laughs> like and you're thinking that's a weirdo yeah yeah, yeah you're thinking <laughs> how is he not meant to react like that yeah. like when you kick someone in the nuts like you're meant to be like ah like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I was like standing strong and smiling. Yeah. yeah. So that was what was weird. It was how did that just happen? But yet they're still. And why do you think that happened? Why I do you personally think... feel as if I think now this is the most important bit. It wasn't when my dad died that we started to want to become successful. It was always we've always had that mentality. But now was like oh okay. extra reason. Now there's an actual reason. It's like yeah. Yeah. for example a party. For example, like it's like we, although we could have went, we, we wasn't on the guest list. But now success was literally inviting us over now because there was now the correct story. Yeah. We had the right attire now, we're allowed to go in. And yeah. plus, man, I just I, I just feel like the reason why we became more successful was because we didn't want to just follow the normal sort of route of your father passes away, you, you know, feel straight for yourself and you just do the bare minimum. Yeah. We just said to ourselves, you know what, like we can't prove people right and just people think, you know, their father's passed away, oh no. You know, as in, they're just gonna do the bare minimum. They're gonna get lost. Yeah, they're gonna get thank you. They're gonna get lost. We just had to just prove people wrong on so many different levels, 100. and that's why you know when our father passed away, we just had to do you know, yeah. us, you know, and also you become like the the that you were the oldest in your family. Yeah, and so and you are guys as well. So you got your younger sister, but do you think that played a part in it for your yes. for your for your mum? My sister and it's so I don't know how I, she I love does her to it. bits because she was someone who I was literally viewing in terms of grief stuff because little her, you know, she did not even beat herself up in the slats and you would have thought so. Because again, she was close to my pops as well. Mm. But you know, we called her, call her dad's little doctor because she wants to be a doctor. She oh, does she? Yeah, she was literally so always practicing on him. She should be my him. big sister. She, yeah. She's a doctor. She's and she was so always practicing on him. Like, yeah, like, you know, like, but yeah, <laughs> my, my whole point was, you know, the girl looking at her now, she is so strong, oh. so independent, and she doesn't even beat herself up, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah and you would yeah. think at that time, you know, just a little girl would always cry all the time. I miss my daddy. And she did. She does, obviously, but it's a thing where. I looked to her because she was so strong. Yeah. You know, not always wow. crying all the time. And the same could be said with mum. I asked my mum one time, mum, how comes I've never seen you really cry? She goes, it doesn't mean I don't cry. It just means I've got to be strong for you guys. And just, you know, hearing that, I just understood, you know, mm. people deal with grief in so many different ways. You don't necessarily always have to cry every day. I mean, you know, I some I mean I've not really cried for ages or whatnot, I mean, but it's just cried. my dad like, like I think last year was the last time I cried. I'd be honest with like, you, I think I, yeah, I think like, just a little, just a little moment. I was yeah. like, I started like I don't really cry for him, like, but it's more say just you know cry situation. Yeah, cry situation, but it's more say you know you don't beat yourself up, and people have their own different ways of just really deeping the loss, mm -hmm. you know. And I feel like um, yeah, just for us, it wasn't really crying every day or whatnot, but just having our moments and just again. That's why I really appreciate, you know, this conversation, this podcast is because this is really the first time where I've been able to 
openly speak about the situation and yeah. you know now even me speaking about it i'm just sort of thinking in my head okay like you know this made sense now and just yeah it gives me that sense of closure because mm. i get to talk about it yeah mm. in talking about how you because you guys are now 20 so it's He's yeah. been past bay for what, five it's years? Gonna, it's going to be five, five, it's five, five years. years yeah. And thinking about like how you feel now with without a father, does, you know, how does that, how can you articulate can that I feeling? Say, it's crazy right, sometimes I, to I, think you don't have a dad. Put it this way. So my yeah. close friends, like that, so I've got Emmanuel, you've got Emmanuel and Tariq. They both grew up without like a father in their yeah. house. Mm-hmm. So when we lost our dad, we basically became part of part the, the team. Part yeah. The, yeah, part of the, the DGC. Club. Yeah, that, that, yeah, <laughs> the single mum, the single mum group, like yeah. the single mum group. You know yeah, exactly. Yeah. The single but mom, when yeah. I was growing up, it was kind of cool, like yeah. not to just have a single mum. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've only got a mum. You got a dad? Cool. What? Yeah, yeah. I've got a dad. What? Yeah. It was kind of cool <laughs> to have a single mum. So in a way, I felt kind of cool. Like, oh yeah, I've got a single. I've got a single mum. I'm in the single mum club. Yeah, Porix. Yeah, all my friends have literally got. A mum, like just what, just, just a mum, mom. yeah. And again, I don't feel because that has been a thing. It was so normalized, as in it wasn't a thing of ah, uh, you know, everyone had their dad around them. I've got friends, obviously, who have their fathers around, but as in the majority of our friends mm-hmm. just have a mother mom, about, yeah. and yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. I, that's also a reason as to why I think you know we wasn't so tough on ourselves. From when my dad died, I became a that, whole different person. Yeah. Yes. Tell me like, about that. That person so, is dead. Like R.I.P. Kevin and Carlon at fifteen because I'm yeah, not that yeah. person anymore. Yeah. Can you tell us about the differences on how you changed, do you think? I think more, I became more mature in yeah. terms of how I conduct myself. Um, I remember also in terms of how I just treat other people as well, as in understanding my story has allowed me to sort of take into consideration even people I don't know. So I always say to myself, everyone has a story, so you can't always judge a book by its cover. And again, you know, you've got to be open to understanding people for what they've been through and who they are. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like how we as people have changed is we're not babied because we don't have a yeah. father and a mother. We're not babied. We're more refined. Yeah, we're more say. refined. We're refined. Um, I feel like in terms of who we are, we're more hungry, we're more ambitious. And I also feel like, you know, again, this is all on, what we are is because of us. No one directed us, as in there was no sort of, you know, you know, I have uncles and whatnot, but they didn't tell us, you know, go this route, go like, they just said, ah, oh, yeah, just, yeah. just study. What, yeah. what do you study? You know, yeah. as in what do you what study? What does that mean? Yeah, what does that, that mean? mean? So I just feel like as per people, every success that we have now is down to just us. Yeah. And mm. we are yeah. lucky to be And twins. you're grounding with your parents. 100%. Like, 100%. Yeah. I think even they maybe, some of they maybe want to become a banker because for us, that was never ever something we thought we could get into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like my mum was working and you know, as my mum was a cleaner. Now the first I'm... time I went into an office was when my mum was cleaning, deep mm-hmm. down. Yeah. The mm-hmm. first time I ever went to like, it was St. Catherine's Wolf. Like, mm-hmm. That was the first time I went to an office was to help my mum clean. You know, and to yeah, now yeah. work on one of those, for me, it's like a whole- She must be so proud. You know, yeah. put it this way, I thought if like, going back to the banker thing, like first thing me want to become a banker, like it was just the fact that no one expected me to be there was one. Mm-hmm. Two, I didn't want to conform to do what everyone else did mm. because everyone else went to university, like, and I yeah. wanted to be like the black sheep on purpose. Mm. Yeah, because, yeah. Because like I wanted to be different from people. Like, and <laughs> yeah, another yeah, thing, try too hard. Yeah, like you know, and like another <laughs> thing as well, like, was just the fact that for me it was like, mum would never ever imagine me to be here. Like, so yeah. why don't I actually make this stuff real? Especially the modeling as well, as in she didn't actually understand. She just said, oh, okay. Because I remember telling her, you know, we model now and whatnot. And she just said, oh, okay. But she didn't understand how big a thing it was mm-hmm. until I remember one of her friends gave her a call and said, oh, my days, I'm seeing your son right now in Oxford Street on like literally um, 
it was the diesel store that was our first campaign like on, the, on the big yes, on, on the big at the poster. storefront oh my god like, people were literally just sending me so many messages like oh my days i'm seeing you right now and that must have been such a buzz for you guys as well that was crazy it, we yeah. were never ever in this fashion industry we was never, never. models i never mm. saw myself as a model but again it just goes back to that whole sort of you know personality of wanting more we yeah, became yeah, models yeah. you know overnight sort of thing and you know just via a big campaign and um, again we just wanted more so we said okay how can we literally Utilize destroy. this. Yes, utilize this. Yeah. How can we destroy this industry? Like, and again, you know, it was as simple as when people leave a shoot, they just go home. We was literally talking to the stylist at the end. We mm. were talking to the photographer. We were talking to the director and understanding their roles. Modeling is literally 20% of your looks and 80% of who you are. Mm-hmm. The personality, the sort of flair that you have, because you got to think about it this way. If I'm on set for a eight hour day, a seven hour day, or however long it is, do I want to work with this person? Yeah. Is this person going to be, you know, the stuck-up model, bougie? And that's ah. for every, every, everywhere. Everywhere. I can imagine. Everywhere. But yeah. also, be an actress yeah, well, yeah. Sure. Then everything. And like, and I want you guys to give, if you're, if anyone's listening to this podcast, feeling trapped maybe where they are, like don't know where to put their energy, you, what would be your words of advice to I get like them? Carnival. I like carnival. Put it this way, like, just coming up from where I've come from, I think the first thing is just the stigma behind where you come from. Uh, because you're from here, you can't. You can only go ever so far. Or the fingers of us, and this is where we get the name the flag twins. Is because I've never ever seen my area to define me. I see my country. Mm-hmm. Like that's why we always see me with the British flags. Is because my certification is my country. It's like who I serve. It's my people. Mm-hmm. My flag is what represents all of us. Because mm-hmm. I feel as if I'm so universal is the fact that I've never ever kept at being at one place. Mm-hmm. I can chill with the models. I can go and chill with people in the in the streets. I can go and chill with my and Harrods in the Notting Hills, you know? <laughs> I could chill anywhere and I thought- With the bankers. With yeah. the bankers, because <laughs> we were so universal. I think it's just the mindset, it's mind of a matter. Yeah. If you can put yourself into that situation, then you're going to be in that situation. Yeah. yeah. We've talked into existence. And I yeah. also feel like another sort of, you know, well, this is Kevin now, a word of advice for someone who probably feels trapped, you know, they just feel sort of misunderstood. I don't want to, I just feel like the first step is just understanding that it's okay for yourself. I think once you sort of understand within yourself, it's okay to sort of be different. It's okay to feel trapped. That's when you obviously start coming out of that sort of mm-hmm. shell. I feel like also, um, you know, again, it's sort of not giving, excuse my French, but not giving a fuck like mm. about, you know, what anyone say. Well, not, obviously not what anyone says, but not actually, you know, caring too much about what other people will think if you do this. Yeah. I feel like you've just, just got to, you know, go with your gut. Do what you think at the time makes you, and I said repeat, at the time yeah. makes you think, okay, this is going to be, you know, make sense for me or be good for me. Yeah. And literally just go with the flow. People see, you know, people hating on them as an attack on them. Like, oh my days, what, you don't like what I do? I'm not going to lie to you. Everything I do is Marmite. Yeah, yeah. Everything I do, me in existence. You ever love me you hate me. You ever love me and you hate me. And to be honest, I do not give a bleep about what you think. <laughs> because for me personally, like it's about... I know my story. Yeah. It's like, for example, nowadays, I know everyone's on social media because mm. they want people to really, really know what they're mm. doing. Like, no, I've got to snap this so you guys know yeah. I was Yeah, it's here. like instant yeah. gratification. Yeah. But also, need... everyone's got their own story. So that's yeah. another thing, like the compare Hard thing it. these days is mental. Yeah, the comparison nowadays is crazy. And that's another thing. Don't compare yourself. Mum always told me, do Don't not compare that. yourself with... If someone's got a, you know, a big diamond chain or whatnot like and we're in the same industry it doesn't mean that i've got to go and get diamond chain like do you know what i'm saying as in yeah be content with yourself yeah always, always. and remember you're, you're growing yeah, yeah. can i just say the reason why i connected with you and this is because i didn't see it as to where it is now i can see it where it's going where it's going mm-hmm. i always look at people and think of 
I know where you're going. I'm gonna fuck with you because yeah. I know where you're going. <laughs> not because of what yeah. you are currently, but I know that in that maybe even if it's a year, even if it's six months, you're gonna do something that is like so put it this way, some way, some somehow, I know for a fact that I'm gonna be seeing you like get some an nominated for a BAFTA or something like that. Like <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like I I, yeah. I just it's mad like I've got an eye for talent. <laughs> Can yeah. you hear that BAFTA? Like yeah, yeah I'm saying BAFTA, BAFTA, like if you don't, you know, bloody give my girl a BAFTA, I'm going to like start cutting throats. But <laughs> literally like I can see like I could just already tell by just you and where you're going. Mm. So the reason why I love oh. you and I connect to you so much is because I know where you're going and I just can't wait to be part of this journey. Mm. People are oh, not well, vice versa. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? I feel as if people don't <laughs> look at what can where people are going, they only see them as now. Mm. Now for example, I remember like Look at me, what I'm dressed in right now. Like, you would never ever in a million By years. By the way, they're wearing matching yeah. twin. Uh... Yeah, Borussia Dortmund, shout Puma for the gift. But again, I'm literally, you know, <laughs> working alongside brand. This goes back to the whole sort of, you know, being living to the state is called trapped. I'm literally wearing clothes that I had never ever like had as a young as a young And this was like person. a year ago, like we never you know? thought this would happen. I'm wearing clothes mm. that I literally, I don't think I've been shopping in the past six months only because the clothes that I'm getting out are being gifted to me, like by these brands. And it's like, I never had the money to buy these these clothes or I never had the, you know, the fashion sense to actually wear these clothes too. Mm. And it's a thing where now I'm literally working alongside, not, you know, with, I'm working alongside these people. I'm not just, you know, coming in from a consumer and buying yeah, their clothes. Yeah. I'm working alongside these guys. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's crazy because yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I'll be so rude, honest with you. I only started getting money last year. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I only started getting money last year, but... This stuff didn't only just happen over a year. Yeah. It happened over five years of planning, plotting, being in situations, yeah. learning from that, like, you know? Being curious. And you both are so curious. I'm so... Literally, I'm... like, even the other day when we were having dinner, like, straight away, we went outside, had drinks by the pool, and you literally just... Yeah, literally talking to this guy. <laughs> Within two seconds, we've made best friends with our next-door neighbours. Yeah. Because you're just... And then found connections with him, like... And he just started at Burberry, shouts him. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I feel as if... But this is, like, be curious which is weird, that's which, the best advice yeah be curious because be curious. you being curious is the difference between that's how we go into the like party i was so curious i wanted to know what it was about nosy old me and i happened to find an harrod <laughs> crazy yeah like, you know yeah. so i feel as if like being curious is the difference between you actually thinking you're eligible to be somewhere mm -hmm. and not because i'm not gonna ask you i could have yeah, actually yeah. went to like and these guys could have been bougie as hell and not, but then when I actually told them who I am and what I, who I represent, yeah. oh my gosh, guys, yeah, come to the event, you mm -hmm, know? So mm -hmm. I feel as if like, you need to be curious and flex everything that you have. Like use, yes. Every, yes. use don't yeah. be ashamed to do that. Yes. Yeah, People don't be always, British about it. Honestly, honestly speaking, <laughs> be some, American. sometimes I feel to myself, because it's a thin line though, because sometimes I think to myself, oh, I don't want to mention who I am because I feel like I'm, you know, going to be, I'm not going to be pretentious. But sometimes it's about flexing your muscles. Like, mm. yeah, I'm going to let people know that. You can still that do that with you modesty. Can. Yeah. Exactly, with mo thank you, with modesty and just the way you, you know, you go about it. That's why I think, you know, looking at myself, I love myself only because, you know, I don't feel like I'm, you know, better than anyone else. Although I could literally come under that sort of flex because, yo, like, I'm in an industry and I'm, you know, representing an establishment, well, an establishment that, you know, people adore people think oh my days like you know what i'm saying so yeah, it's like, yeah yeah i don't see myself as better than anyone and back to the normalization thing it's like you know when i tell people oh yeah like i'm working with this brand today it's like how do you guys make it sound so easy yeah you yeah. know like, as in like i'll be so honest with you this time last year i thought the highest person i can talk to within like a brand like diesel puma g-star was 
the person in the store. Yeah. That's the highest yeah, level yeah. of, you know, pe- that's the highest level of what I can go to. Now I'm literally talking to people over in the head office. Yeah. Corporate level. Everyone's caught up in doing things like, like people think, oh, I'm doing a hundred moves and that means I'm doing a hundred things and I look cool. I make five meaningful moves in a week and those are the five most important things I've done. Yeah. I don't make a hundred moves and then yeah. one of them is meaningful. So yeah, don't yeah, burn yeah. yourself out. Like, yeah. Oh, you're both so wise and you're only 20. It's, it's uh, mental. But put it this way, like, I'll be <laughs> so real with you. Like, I have friends who, like, you know, don't disclose their age because they feel as if that's somewhere reason why they should be capped at their level. Or mm. me personally, like, I am 20 years old, but I'm showing you what a 20-year-old is capable of doing. Exactly. Yeah. I talk to that's girls, so like, it's so funny, but even girls, like, you know, that's older than me, for example. Like, I never say to them, well, I'm, like, 23. Like, I'm, talk- yeah. I'm 20, fuck with me or not. <laughs> Simple. Oh, they do. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, they so do. yeah, girls, if you're yeah. 30 or not, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> but you know, like, if you're pretty or not, yeah, yeah, cool. just give me a call. Uh, I'll send something. I don't know what my new number is. But yeah, like, you know, like, for me, it's like at the age of 20, like, I've seen so much that I can't even. Yeah. Like when I yeah. die, like you guys need to die with me so yeah. we can go go to heaven and we, God can show you what I've done in it. Like. Speaking of, so we're going back to the stroke story. We're going back to the stroke story. Dun, dun, dun. Don't, don't, don't rewind um, 45 minutes. Yeah, again, <laughs> so sort of like Kev, like this is like the first time I've like publicly talked about the situation. I think for me, it's always like when I think about it like now, I just think of how much of a, how crazy it was the situation like and how it happened and everything that's come from it. So I've woken up, like, I'm not really felt the best. I love my bath. Jumped in the bath and thought it would make me better. Um, literally wasn't really feeling the best. I thought, like, you know when you feel weird? You wake, you don't feel yourself. I didn't feel myself. Like, it's like, oh, like, this is basically could be a dream. I would just close my eyes and wake up. Like, I kept on, like, yeah. I kept on, like, closing my eyes and trying to wake up. So it was, like, real. So I thought, like, you know when you just want to, right, I'm just going to get back into myself. Like, I tried to do a lot, but it just was not working. So like, obviously I've got a train now and this is when we hit London Bridge. Cause obviously my house is like two stops away from London Bridge. And um, I remember going to see the, the, the signs for where the board was and whatnot. And I remember just, I couldn't see the words, but I thought the boards are broken. So I've obviously gone and talked to one of the assistants and said, oh mate, like the boards are broken. Where's the train to Purley? And he's gone, what? The boards aren't broken. Like, what do you mean the boards are broken? I've gone, what? Like, mate, I can only see the L and the, he's like, what? And I'm thinking, wait, what's going on here? Like, yeah. And then as I'm talking now, like I'm talking, 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 and all I can hear is that little, like, you can hear yourself going. Uh, no, I thought it was him. Oh. I was like, wait, what is he trying? Are you taking the mic, mate? You, you, <laughs> you having me for a laugh? Why are you making like funny noises? You being rude? And then I'm like, stop. And then I've gone like, why are you talking like so? And then I was like, wait, what? Is that, is that me? I was like, oh, that, that's me, sir. And as I'm looking into the board now. I can literally see my eyes moving down that way and my mouth moving all the way to the side of my face. And then that's when it's gone. My hair is gone. So, you know, yeah, it just... You know like, yeah. The, How can you explain the... the we're not underwater. Like, you know we're not underwater and like you're... Like, you just literally... I mean, just do it to yourself now. Everyone just do... Hang on. Ears. Let's say what we're doing. So, like, well, basically put your hands... Like, clap just cl- Yeah, clap your ears. Just, just like, muffle your ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it felt like. Like, that's what I... I, I just couldn't hear anything. I was like, what? But looking at that was- And everything's distant. Everything's yes. distant. Yes. I think we're looking at myself as when my hearing went, it's because you start to, because remember your brain connects to everything, like yeah, yeah. when you start looking at that, you've literally triggered something in your brain that said, shut down. And so I'm looking at myself, I can hear someone saying, he's having a stroke. And bearing in mind, I'm literally falling to the ground and I've gone, God, I need to sleep. I need to get, I, I can't be like this. I need to, so obviously this when I collapsed. Cool. 
So I've collapsed now, and obviously during this time that I'm out for two hours, like I'm not responsive for two hours. And this is, by the way, in case you forgot, a year and a half after your dad died. Yes, a year and a yeah. half after dad's passed, like. So in the meantime, now they've called my the police. Has called my mum, said she had a stroke. My mum's gone livid. She's like, what? Like because you know you associate strokes with old people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I did not even know that. Exi- I didn't even know that existed. The first time I probably heard of a stroke was that advert I was going around with the whole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With the, when they the start talking, it's such a depressing the advert. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh. it felt so real. Well, you look at that and think to yourself, that can never ever happen to me. Like, yeah, yeah. Do you know what like, I mean? Or you know if it you does, hear... it's in like fifty-eight years. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know when it's like <laughs> bombing, for example, or like it's like, oh my days, there's always someone else. Like you never think of yourself in yeah, situations yeah, yeah. like, ah. Oh, Grandfather that won't Tower. happen to me. That yeah. won't happen to me. Yeah. Nine eleven. That's just ah. Oh, that's just a, it's the damn thing. Yeah, yeah. This was the first time in my life I actually thought it happened to me. Yeah. It's like what happened to me? Mm. So bearing in mind now, cool. So I'm in a CT scan now. Obviously, I don't know what's going on, like, but I thought I died. Like I thought I was dead. Like, and I was like, I remember like. And why was that? Because when I was basically in the scan now, they put a cannula in me and. They've put something like a liquid that can make you feel so they can see your brain better, but it makes you feel as if you're burning. Obviously, I had no prior warning to it. Like, I so I thought I was in hell. The room is dark. I can't see anything. I can feel body heat. So I feel as if, so I can feel like the devil behind me, his two disciples or whoever they are, like <laughs> next to him. I'm, I'm, I've gone, no. Like, I was, bu- I was, bu- I was angry. I was like, no. And you were just on fire. I was on burning. fire. I was like, oh my God. Like, my heart is. <laughs> racing i'm like oh my god like no i'm dead how what i'm getting angry that like, no i can't be dead like did you think like why am i in hell i'm like what did i i'm like no <laughs> like i was pissed like it's, i was pissed i was like how am i dead how did i get to hell what did i do i was like how did i just die yeah. <laughs> i was like no i was like but i was like how did i just die right now like yeah. i'm thinking about what i did in the morning to now i'm thinking what did i do obviously i don't remember the part from when i collapsed and what happened so yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. if something happened there. Yeah, yeah. Someone like you punched know, you, punched me, or you know, like I, what, what happened? Like, because all I remember was being at London Bridge Station, and now I'm dead. I was so angry, uh, but I was crying inside. I love the fact that you were so angry. Like, I was crying what? inside, like because my heart was. I just didn't. It's like my dad. He was laughing but crying. I just mm. didn't know. I didn't want to be in that situation. Mm. My heart was racing. I was crying inside, but that was what was making me angry because the fact that I was crying inside. Yeah. I was like, what? What were you crying for, do you remember? I was, because I'm dead. Like, I was like, what yeah. did I? I was like, I need to tell Kevin, I tell everyone, yeah, yeah. the world is fake. God kills you and he wants to take you away from you. Like, don't believe the stories. Like, don't you don't die. Like, you know how you die of like a car crash or you die when like you're ill or... Yeah. I was like, nope, God takes you when he wants to take you. Like, yeah, yeah. D- that's yeah. it, like... <laughs> I was so just, you had this like, all this happening in seconds. In seconds, like... A hundred and one, a million things running from my mind in like 30 seconds. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm dead right now. Like the devil is going to like tell me something. Duh, duh, duh. But obviously now like, I can start hearing, Carlon, the nurse, Carlon, here. I'm like, oh. Like, that's the biggest relief I've ever had in my life. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm alive. I am alive. I am alive. <laughs> like, thank, like, thank you. Because the story doesn't stop there. Like, no. This you is the beginning, saying? and then obviously now, could have taken me out of the room and whatnot, like, and obviously I've seen my mum now. She was my mum thought I was dead, so my mum was yeah, saying, "Bruv, I need to see my kid. Like, I don't don't shelter me. Let me see Carl. Like, I know he's dead. Like, my mum thinks I'm dead, so she see me now, just giving me the madness of hugs and that. Like, but as I'm trying to get up, I can only move one side of my body. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what, what? So obviously this is when obviously I was paralyzed on my left side for a month. So I couldn't. That move. must have been terrifying. Yeah, I couldn't move my left side of my body for a month. Yeah. Like, that was the worst thing ever. Yeah. 
So I had to repeat, I had to basically teach myself how to walk again. Like I was on a Zimmer frame for months. Yeah. Like, and then obviously I was on walking stick for like six months. I was on walking yeah, stick. Guys, I don't know what a Zimmer frame is. A Zimmer frame is like, yeah, what old people have. When yeah, you like, see you them wobbling like along. Up, you know the guy from Up? No. Do you know the guy? Well, yeah, the know? guy from Up, the yeah. old guy from Up. Yeah, you know yeah. The, that's what I had. It's a Zimmer frame, yeah. yeah. How does Zimmer frame? I was going to say Grandpa from Simpsons, but okay. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, Zimmer <laughs> frame, like. They both have one. Yeah, <laughs> and then like, I had a walking stick, like, and I'm not going to lie to you, like, during this time, I went through my fair share of like mental health issues, like, because mm. I'm not going to lie to you, it is being, it's depressing to put it this way, I am the most energetic person, as you can tell, in the world. <laughs> and mm. optimistic. And optimistic, yeah. like, so for all of that to just come crashing down and I was like, how? Mm. How does that work? Yeah. So for me, I had my fair share of Was that like, kind of like existential crisis moment? It was like, more or less like, yeah. I'm in a room with old people that shouldn't be here. I'm not allowed to watch TV. On your own Zimmer frame. On my Zimmer yeah. frame, like how is this happening to me? Like I was so like, yeah. becoming like slowly depressed. And can I just add, as in like prior to, I mean, well, when the situation happened, I mean, my mum obviously called me and said, you know, Carlin's in hospital. Now, you know, Carlin throughout his life is just, he's always, you know, gone to hospital for the most minor things. Yeah, oh, so I just sprayed, oh, I just sprayed my ankle. Hospital. Oh, I hurt my arm. So I didn't really like think- Like your dad in the way. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I didn't really think anything of it until I literally got to the hospital and I obviously, you know, seen some, he's the only young person in the ward. Yeah. In the whole ward. Yeah, as it my room's at the only- end. So bearing in mind, like there's, you're, you've walked in now and you just see- Old person, old person, old person, old person. 68, 70, 60, 50, oh, 17. 17. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. They're like, what? How does this make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, it's like I'm in a 1960s American pub and I'm the only <laughs> black person there. How? What is going on? That, you know? That's yeah. what the sort of, just to put into context, that's how it was. It was like, I yeah, stuck yeah. out like a sore thumb. Yeah. And like, for me, it was like, at the time, it was like, I was just very unwell. Yeah. Very, very unwell. And like, did they know what happened? What was the trigger? Like, it's just a very, so like, even now I have scans every six months, for example. Like, I'm on a driving ban as well at the moment, so mm-hmm. I can't drive, which is mm-hmm. cutting pretty annoying. Um, so can't drive. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I can't drive as well. Apparently, I can't drive. Obviously, the situation where uh, I got really drunk in Antalya, funny enough, two months ago. Like, and um, yeah, <laughs> same situation happened there. But yeah, <laughs> driving. Okay. Yeah, like, but you know, like, and I think it's just the fact of how much it cats my life. Yeah. Now this is like my dad's situation. That like, yeah. would I have allowed it to cat me, or would I just use it to go somewhere and do better? And again, so the whole better thing. Like, obviously, I've had a re. So last year, for example, like, I had a relapse. So mm-hmm. obviously I collapsed and fell on like 12 flights of stairs, got oh my, my knee and my leg caught in the banister, literally wrecked my whole knee and wrecked my whole leg, oh. yeah. So obviously I had relapse, like, you know, I, so it it's still a reminder of, you know, yeah. me, you know, so sometimes, you know, when you want to beat the case, you want to beat the odds, you still have those little things that remind you of it, like, yeah. obviously for my dad, there's nothing that really reminds me of like my, my dad per se, but like just my health, for example, like yeah. when I have relapses, like that reminds me of Carl and remember, like you're not. Because I think with me, because I'm so optimistic, I'm so driven, I want to yeah, yeah. be this and I want to do that. Like, I just reminds me, like, I can't do that, unfortunately, because yeah, my health yeah. is priority. Like, Yeah, of course. You know? But then at the same time, it kind of like pushes you forward because, yeah. it, it does. because you've had that moment of like, you've literally had life and death. Because I was you genuinely thought you were in hell. Yeah. Which means that like, you've had that, oh, I still can't that for- death I, moment. You can't forget that. Like, no. I'm not going to ask you like, <laughs> think of it, you actually cannot ever forget that in your life yeah because like, yeah. i'm thinking about it now and i'm just thinking oh it felt so real yeah. i also feel like as twins as well this was another situation that literally made us so, so close yeah. yeah like as in i was literally you know it was just the thin line of just having him there and not having him there yeah it was just you know so the first sort of tribulation was our father now this yeah it made us just close. i was also gonna say another question i was gonna ask was yeah, like with sure. grieving obviously yeah 
having each other because yes. if there was just the one of you do you think it might have gone a different way yes or? definitely can but i just you, say why though yeah go for it go for the it. the reason why i'd say yes is because it's just like for example at a party i can never go into a party and be lonely like yeah. because i'm with twin mm. if i go into a party by myself i'm literally looking around who do i talk to mm. uh this is getting a bit nervy yeah but because we had each other I could crown him if I wanted to crown him. Like, I could yeah, tell him, yeah, like, yeah. bro, I don't feel like this way. Like, yeah. like I remember one time, like, I felt a bit, like, not depressed, but I was a bit, yeah. like, empty. Yeah. I said, Kevin, I'm a bit empty, bro. Like, yeah. he was like, wow, what's wrong? Like, let's mm. talk. Like, what can I, like, but we're coming up with solutions and ways to make me feel better yeah. again. Because, yeah, yeah. whereas if I was by myself, for example, like, I don't have the answers for myself. Like, Kevin, so for me as well, I mean, um, so what, for, like, probably two years down the line, I mean, I fell into, like, this sort of pool of depression. Um, you know, and that's something that I didn't really obviously, you know, tell Carl on straight away or whatnot, like, you know, yeah. after diagnosis with doctors or whatnot. It's not something it's something I sort of held in with myself. Yeah. Um so you know, yeah, some you know, we've got each other, but sometimes there was like, you know, points where I may have not been inclined to, you know, telling and him identity. stuff. Identity. Yeah. Identity. Not because I didn't want to, identity, but it's like, yeah. you know, I wanted to find myself and again yeah. it goes back to, you know, the personality of my dad. I don't want no one worrying about me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So um, again, you Especially know- Especially your loved ones. Yeah, yeah, your loved ones. You have, yeah, I, you know, I had my twin. I still have him. I still tell him everything now, but sometimes, you know, you have to go through some stages by yourself. Yeah. Totally. And I'm not gonna lie to you, there's I'm probably saying. things like, yeah, we're twins, but there's probably like one or two things that I don't even know about Kevin. Mm. Yeah, you yeah. know but yeah, that yeah. just goes back to the whole we need to talk things. about yeah. Kevin like yeah. I'm saying this is like go back to that because Kevin's his own person yeah, yeah we're yeah. twins but I feel that the beauty of us being twins is we accept each other for our individual you know what I'm yes. saying like, yes. but I know Kevin yeah. responds to things differently to and how I, I do and I knew who you both like I literally within mm. seconds could tell mm. that your personalities although you're very similar I yeah. knew exactly yeah. who was but Carl and who was know, Kevin yeah, we're yeah. So, like, we're so but I love the individuality because it's like it contributes to us being a collective as twins yes. because like we feed in the different it's energies into one pool if that makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. in terms of contacts in yes. terms of personality so for example if strengths weaknesses yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean there's a point where I was more confident than Carlin so that oh, naturally yeah. that naturally resonated yeah. on him so funny I was never confident really Deep that I only oh built my, my confidence like two years ago because of me really? when we started up the flag thing when we started up our own yeah, our yeah. own moniker because like, you're so confident now yeah, yeah. in I the best the way possible 100 like it's so crazy I could run I would never be able to talk to girls I would not even be <laughs> Like I would, like, literally I would get onto this guy. I had to tell him, why are you moving so like a cat, the scaredy cat? Talk to her, man. <laughs> yeah. I'd like, uh, 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 making, what, that's what brothers are Making all the excuses, like, oh, no, she's on the phone, man. She's ugly, man. Yeah, yeah I'm like that. Like, but now, looking back, I'm thinking, wow, like, I cannot believe I was like that. Yeah. People say to me, oh, that's a lie. How are you not confident? Like, I was never Because you, like, that was real growth for those growth. last years yeah that's growth because that's 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 learning who you are which is why yeah. you're confident it's like feeling I love it though. yourself we love always it. we always we're always learning off each other and that's the beauty of being the twins that we are as in you know we don't say oh because khan's like that it means he's like that as in if he's like that it means that i'm gonna resonate it too so whatever mm. he learns i resonate whatever i yeah. learn he resonates so yeah. vice versa it's you like know banking, totally. for example, and you can like, find that in like friends and, and yeah, family yeah you know 100 like it's like where i work now in the bank you know like i work at in, you know in a merchant bank you know it's a footsie 250 company very good contact list i have all the time but i am able to translate some it's not my work i translate but it's just the environment that i translate to kevin yeah you know yeah like yeah. kevin will now know how to 
for example, if we're in Broadgate, Kevin's wearing... And you can just learn off each other. Yeah, Kevin's coming yeah. in because he sees the environment. Oh, I'm going to come in a shirt and a blazer yeah. because I know that's the type of blazer. Yeah. You know, so you yeah, learn yeah, yeah. things yeah. remotely off the back of what's going on. And that's actually another bit mm. of advice, I think, anyway. I don't know why I'm loving the advice this, yeah, but this podcast, it. but it's because you advice. guys are just so we love freaking advice. inspirational. So I'm literally like trying <laughs> to advice. give your like energy <laughs> to other people. But like, it's literally, you can learn, even whether or not you have a twin or you have a yeah. sibling or you have friends. Or just who just yourself. Learn, or yourself. You can learn off other people's experiences. Learn off of society. Like, put it this yeah. way, is I say it, we are society's baby. And if you don't have a father, which is obviously what this whole podcast yeah. is about, find those bits of wisdom, those Become guidance. Become the father. Boosts. Become the yeah. father. Yeah, this is the point. Like and people, the person that you wanted your father to be, mm-hmm. be that person. Oh, I think the know? thing is right, the thing is Love right, that. is people, is everyone's always finding the next role model. Oh, my dad's dead, so I need to find another be father figure. Model. I don't even think it's a role model thing, but it's a... Uh, Find inspiration, find purpose, find mission statement. Yeah, that's yes. why I've got this, you know, <laughs> mission statement man coming soon. Yeah, but you know, like, I think the thing is with us is the fact that you have to understand what a role model does for you. The end, I think for me, is I've always, I don't like, I, I hate intermediates, I hate brokers, even at work, I hate brokers. I hate because <laughs> brokers are basically the people who stop me from meeting the plug. Yeah, the yeah. yeah, a role model is meant to make you inspirational, it's meant to give you advice, it's meant to make you find purpose. Yeah, so skip the whole role model and go straight to purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I personally feel as if you need to find purpose, you need to find the end goal. Yeah, because if you're still. If you're so caught up in finding out the pathway to get to that, then you're going to be stuck there forever because yeah, yeah. no one can replace your dad. Like, well, regardless of like, how knowledgeable or mm-hmm. how, you know, like my role model is Diesel's manager. So Diesel's um, head office's manager is my is my um, my mentor. mentor, is my mentor. So Nigel, yeah. shout Nigel Sam, that's my mentor, you know? But I've never ever once looked at him to as someone to replace my father, but I've always seen him as someone who gives me purpose. Totally. Yeah. Because Nigel, and guidance and wisdom. And guidance, yes. you know? So he's, I feel he's lived a longer life. Yes. Of course, he's got more an experience. Yeah. An experience. But you I know? feel like people are too sort of caught up sometimes in, oh, nah, man, I don't want to learn from him. Or just, I I feel like people sometimes think they're good enough with themselves and they're too content, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. As in or scared. Or, yes, or scared. But people sometimes feel like, nah, man, I don't want to learn from him. Not because they don't want to, but it's because they feel like they've got it themselves already. Yeah. You don't have it unless you see, unless you yeah. seek, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, totally. Yeah. Oh, right. We should probably wrap up, but I want to ask you two more things. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. So the first thing is, we've obviously spoken a lot about your dad, but I just want you guys to say in as few or many words as possible, as Mm. you feel, Mm. who was he? What was he like? I'd say my smooth, smooth ass talker. Very smooth. Um, (laughs) A really educated individual, Mm -hmm. a really down to earth person. And you can tell that, you know, he... um, he sort of appreciated the things that he couldn't do. For example, he told me one time, I couldn't talk to my dad the way I'm talking to you guys now about, you know, females. And so he really appreciated the things that he couldn't do previously. So it goes back to what I said about being the father mm-hmm. for yourself. As in, yeah, as in he basically was someone who he understood that he couldn't do that with his dad. So when it came to him fathering us, mm. he basically did the things that he knew he wanted to do that he, that he necessarily couldn't do with his own father. And I think my dad lived such a extraordinary, like, I can't even put it into words, like the, yeah. just the things he'd done. Like I remember him, the stories he'd tell me about him, I remember going to America, that's why I brought up the whole pub thing. My yeah. dad went to America in the 60s and he went to this um, segregated bar and they literally, someone's got up a shotgun and gone, Get out of here, or I'll shoot you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, like, that actually happened. That actually happened like, in the what? 60s. My dad was loving, oh, yeah. My dad was, 
My dad was like, so my dad was pretty late. He was an explorer, like an adventurer. My dad was, but yeah. you know what though? He never had any resentment because this guy was so, I don't think, I feel like sometimes he was colorless. Like the way he vibes with like different communities and different ethnicities, you would have thought that he was part of them. Yeah. yeah. With yeah. That, do you know what I'm saying? As in he knew people like from the Jewish community, from the, just every community. Yeah, yeah. I think my dad he gave me, he's the one that instilled my British values. Like that's mm-hmm. why I, Personally, I feel as if as a young black male today in life, I actually have so much love for my country. Yeah, yeah. Just because of how much my dad educated us in the freedom of expression, you know, like he democracy, he instilled all of that into us because I feel as if like he just made us the modern day man. Mm. Like even though his life was primarily based on the 20th century, he made us the modern man. Mm-hmm. All the experiences. That's why I think for us, when our dad but died, I'm, like, I'm not even joking. I've just got loads of tingles. I think for us, like my, the reason why I was sort of like angry, my dad died is because the book wasn't finished. Like, yeah. it's like imagine reading this juice. It's like, for example, seasons. Like House of Cards, for example, was my favorite favorite yes. series. But obviously, it stopped for obviously personal reasons. You know, mm. I got angry because I wanted to learn more. Like, but I couldn't learn more because that's the. So now I have to basically interpret it now and yeah. Yeah. start using what I learned from the old book and try and write the next chapters. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah. that's what is sort of gets me a bit angry. But knowing that now, I'm happy because if the story was written too far off. Yeah. Then that's when they would have lost yourself and you would have too I'm following in his footsteps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now because of You've I, totally carved out your own carved yes. out now. Um, he started off the foundations and now I just need to add on the extra cherries and stuff yeah. like and make it as good as possible. Add a swimming totally. pool to the house, yeah. you know, add a loft, add a <laughs> yeah. cinema room. Like extension, nice greenhouse. You know? Yeah. Um and the last thing I want to ask, which I ask all my guests, yeah. is if your dad was listening to this podcast right now, mm. obviously he's passed away, yeah. but you know, in yeah. some other world. Yeah. If he was listening to this podcast right now, what would you want to say to him? I think first yeah, and foremost is dad's, I personally feel my dad's always listening to me. Like sometimes it's so crazy. Like I can just be thinking like, my dad's like sitting down there right now thinking, wow, like. Proud. Like, I'm so, and the reason why I say proud is because like, despite everything that's happened, despite the fact he passed away, despite the fact, you know, I've had a stroke and we're still here. Yeah. We're still hungry. Like it's yeah. not been a thing where like he's passed away and you know, we, he's still hungry. And so if my dad is, and I know he's listening, there's just something, thank you. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you for, you know, like making us the men we are today. Thank you for looking after mum. Thank you for making, you know, my sister understand that there's real men that still exist because mm-hmm. we grew up in a world now where you see men and think enemy number one, doesn't do this, do this. but <laughs> public enemy. You know, like, but thank you for just, insti- you know, just low key, not even doing it on purpose, but just allowing me to, you know, understand and really believe in myself. Because I feel as if, he, just listen to the stories of him, it made me realize we can actually go somewhere. I think if I was to talk to my dad now, I'd just literally just say hi, just a hi. I'm yeah. not, I've not said hello to him in ages, you know what I'm saying? Like just that formal hi, power. how are you doing? Just. I think that's if I could do that, that's the only thing I'd say. Just and I want to have a I, grown conversation because you know? obviously yeah. my dad died when I was 15, so we've not had, had that, that we've not been able to have a mature conversation. Yeah. I just want to have a mature conversation with my dad, like. Because now you know so much more than yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like before, like, you know, we recently just sat, Have like a debate about yeah, that like, politics. You. We were talking about games and girls. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, like. Games and girls. Like, yeah, games and girls. Really? Like, you know what I'm so saying? Like, <laughs> whereas now, like, you know, I work as a banker now. Like, I'd love to see what my dad would think. Yeah. I don't know why, but I could just think of my dad just sitting down. Yeah, turning to the left seat is where the kitchen is yeah, as like, if he's like sitting kitchen. over there and like I could just imagine his, I could just he's imagine not, his he's face not looking at, he's not looking at the sheep man. Like, <laughs> I'm saying like I, I could just imagine his face just like really thinking wow like, like, because I'm not gonna lie to you what we're doing right now I don't think anyone saw coming yeah, no, no one, one. Coming. Mm. like this whole 
industry we're in right now, the creative directors, our contact models, lists, mm. like, it's like crazy. the people we, I don't, you know, and the places we go to. Can I just add for the record? Sometimes when people ask me, "What do you do?" As in, I don't know how I to don't, answer without being too content heaped. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, what do I say? Yeah. Like, so yeah. just, model, just, yeah, so director, just sort of, I don't know what do you say <laughs> true millennials what yeah. Do I, yeah what do I I don't know what to say like it's crazy like I don't know what to say yeah, to people like, I don't know should I put banker first before I put model or <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, model exactly. first but I, put, I know what you mean actually it, yeah you know what I'm saying I don't, I don't know, know what to it's say it's all those first. slashes isn't it yeah, slashes, 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 but I hate slashes I have one definitive thing you know slash 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 but you're Carl and Kevin that's what you should say yeah Kevin and Carl no Carl and Kev no Kevin and Carl I'll let the podcast sound what sounds a bit more sexier Kevin and Carl it's like, what was that program called at um, Orange Sona? Kevin and... Oh, Kevin and Keenan. Keenan and Kevin. Kev, yeah, Keenan no, and Kevin. No, Keenan and Kel. Keenan and Kel, yeah. Keenan and Kel. I don't know why See? Kevin came into my head. Kel and Keenan just sounds weird. So, Carl and Kevin sounds weird. Kevin and Carl Lund. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just saying. I let him have that. Oh, well, thank you both so much. You've actually no, been like beyond. You, no, and your dad you. would be so incredibly proud. Our dads, and he is. Our dads. Your dad, all our dads. All our dads. All all our dads. Warren's dad included? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I know, man. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Kevin and Carlon Bonsu. These twins continue to amaze me. When they left our recording, I was honestly buzzing with energy and adrenaline that they carry through life. To be able to not only find such humor at such a dark time in their lives, but to also be so wise, so inspirational, and so humble at such a young age astonishes me. As always, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us via our website, www.thedaddyissuespodcast.com if any of Kevin and Carlon's story resonated with you or if you just want to share any experiences of your own with Kevin and Carlon, myself or each other. A special thanks goes out to Warren at Walkie Productions who did all my sound, for Aaron and Ben at Interface who did my website and graphic design and to Rory Ray Photography for taking the photograph. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify to stay tuned with new episodes and, of course, spread the Daddy Issues message. Have a lovely rest of your day and thank you once again for listening. Mm